worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnix. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. You know, Ryan Eggle, you're going to have to start the show. R.J. Ochoa spends one day in studio, and he's broken the damn microphone. Boy, there is a problem with that microphone. That's the second time that thing has completely come off the hook. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, this is the Blitz. It's Friday. You made it. The weekend is here. I'm Joe Ryan Eggle. He is Jason Minix, and this is the Blitz. And we've got a lot to talk about today. It's a beautiful day here in San Antonio, Texas. Just a great day. So what are you looking for, the screw? Yeah. Wow. So you know what you're doing? Do you need a Phillips head or a flathead, or or do you know? Should we call our our, our uh, engineer, our great Greg Shelton, to come in here and help you out? We'll figure it out. <laughs> I thought by now Pledge would have come from that side of the glass over to help. But, you think you know, he would? He's just no. standing there watching yeah. and being entertained. He's laughing. Like I am. He's laughing, yeah, because, as well you should. Because you're not the uh, most mechanically inclined dude. Oh, I'll get uh, this figured really, out. Well, I'm sure no, you no, will. No, no worries. It's only a four-hour show, though. Well, I mean, so, <laughs> it, it, it's a Friday. We're, we're, we'll, we'll be fine. <laughs> I expect Jason to know how to work a screw. Yeah, well, he screwed many of people, that's for sure. But other than that... Uh, no, Jason's a good guy. Uh-huh. Now, I, I got to, I got to, you need to get that fixed because the ongoing saga of the bird in Jason's uh, patio there or front, whatever you call that thing. Now, you were fighting with the bird, you tell us. And so I'm anxious to hear the, uh, the finale of that, how it, and apparently the bird's still there. So Jason must have lost. That, that's well, kind of the way I see I it. I mean, the, the game is not over yet, but I think Minix is up on the scoreboard right now, although I'm not home, so he might be adding to it. What the hell did RJ do in this place this morning? Oh, I'm not sure. But that's the second time that thing has fallen. Well, it's just the second time recently, but uh, um, it, it, it's fallen many times before. Not bad. Know. You got no. it. It's done. So, I mean, so, Like you said. I'm a professional screwer. <laughs> I, I can do that. <laughs> so, so what what happened today? All right. So, last night I get home and there's there the, you know the the nest has been added to. <laughs> RJ Ochoa spent the night at my house uh-huh. last night. He was in town just a quick layover. You know, get home. We go to dinner. Come back and. My wife gets home and she starts checking. Like, oh man, they've this bird's been busy, right? So, get a broom and I, I, I start to to knock some stuff down and and then I get a ladder because even with a broom, neither RJ or myself are really tall enough. 
but we're knocking some of the the crap out. So there was no bird up no, there no, this the, time. No, no, no. But when you're out there, the bird tends to leave. Oh, well, right? okay, gotcha. So then I look at at um, I, I went and got a, a an old uh, driver. Climbed up on the ladder, uh, and technically RJ was like, "Well, you're you're barefoot, I'm in shoe, so I'll climb the ladder." And uh-huh. and we're trying to knock it. He's trying to knock it down with the the golf club, right? But it's this cement mud kind of stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the hell these birds do to pack the foundation for their nest, but it, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty incredible, isn't it, it? It it really is. Yeah. And you know, so this morning, while I'm waiting for. Amazon to deliver the uh, owls to carry, you know, I, I get the water hose out. Have they and, delivered them yet? No, not yet. <laughs> so the owls are still on the way. But this morning, I, I, I get out there and I've got the water hose. And, you know, I've got one of those, it's got like the high jet. And, sure, you know, right. And, I, and I'm spraying this thing down. I, I'm just, you know, and all kinds of stuff's falling out. I'm like, what the, you know. And the birds start coming you know, down at you. Yeah, well, he doesn't really. Uh, he kind of dive bombs me, but not really. <laughs> but you know, he because I've got a you know, I'm 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 a tall five seven. Uh-huh. The archway is probably twelve feet, so he right. flew in over me. Didn't really come down, uh-huh. but he flew. He was checking things out. So now I'm trying to get him with the water hose. Oh wow! And then he leaves, and he's now sitting on the roof watching me do this. <laughs> and and then every time I would like take the water hose and not be spraying up towards the light just to see what else is falling down. How much more do I have to go? Every time I would do that, he would go do a flyby to check out what's going on. So, you know, and then I had to go to work. So that bird is going to poop on you every time you leave your house. And that bird's going to build a nest somewhere, and he's just going to sit there and wait. And when that dude leaves his house, Uh there will be a little poo happening. Yeah. Well, and I will say this because I see people uh, like Fred, they're building the nest. There's no eggs in there No yet. babies there, yet. There's yeah. no, and quite frankly, I'm, I mean, part of me is curious to see, how the hell is a bird actually going to build the nest here, right? Because there, I thought that more of this was inside the fixture, and it's not. It's kind of on the side. Oh, really? So, you know, like... Like are they? They're adding on to the light fixture, oh, kind of thing. That, it, that's fascinating. I mean, that's fascinating how they do that, and they stick it with the mud, and and just build from there. Yeah, yeah, but they're they're yeah. back to square one. Yeah, there's a lot of contractors that could learn from those birds. I mean, <laughs> there, there really is. You know, he's reporting back to somebody. There's been a construction delay, and yeah. there's some bird that's not happy to hear that there is a construction delay on the, on said nest. Now, now I, I'm just, and and I don't know this, and if somebody knows it, because I'm not a bird expert, does the female bird build the nest, or does the male bird build the nest? I mean, I'm curious about that. I, I now, don't, was I don't this, know. All right, tell me this: was this bird pretty? It's a, it's a pretty bird. So maybe it is the male. It might be the male. Yeah, because I, I mean, in most species, the the uh, the male is is prettier than the female the and i don't know what kind of bird it is and quite frankly I, a couple times i tried to get my phone out to take a picture uh-huh. of, the, of the bird and you know he, he's fast he, he's not overly big he's pretty um 
but he gets up on the roof and and then you know like if i look at it he flies right so like we're having this we well, scared the hell out of him. Well, uh, good. I hope he leaves. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't I, leave. He's done a hell of a lot of work already. Yeah, well, I've destroyed all the work that he's done. I mean, So you completely destroyed the nest. I, I wouldn't say completely, but I would say that, you know, 85, 90% of everything that that bird has done, but I have no idea what's up there that's just caked onto that light <laughs> that even with the water hose going... I mean, at high pressure, like I'm going to have to get out my uh, water pressure thing, like for the sidewalks. Maybe that will clean it off. I I don't know. Do you have a hoe <laughs> or a shovel? I mean, you could just kind of well, no, scrape wanna, it off. No, it's it's it's, it's one. You never <laughs> answered me. Do you have a hoe? Yes, I, I have a hoe <laughs> okay. and I have a shovel. And, you know, but those would not be appropriate for this job. All right. right? All right, all right yeah. I mean, uh-huh. I, I just thought, you know, you, you just spray it off. Eventually, it's going to gonna wash off. And, man, it's not. Whatever it is, man, it, it cakes on there. Well, I mean, We're think have about to get it. the pressure washer. Birds, <laughs> birds for years have been building nests and trees and stuff that have to withstand wind and rain and all of that kind of stuff. So it's got to be strong. Yeah, I mean that bird has no idea that it's not going to rain, and you know stuff coming in. It's got to build the nest the way it knows how. Sure, just not at my house. What I love is the fact that you're going to get rid of this nest and be stuck with two plastic owls. Yeah, that's fine as long as they if the if the owls do the job, <laughs> they don't have you're doing it. Well, uh, I mean the bird's still going to come. The bird has decided this is the spot. So no matter what I do, I have a feeling until it gets scared away by a plastic owl. <laughs> That it's going to continue to try to build them, right? At what point does the bird decide, you know, let me find a different place? When you get home tonight and you unpack those owls, uh-huh. you better post that all over social media. Uh-huh. Those two owls sitting guarding your house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I just checked the cameras a minute ago. I don't see a bunch of more stuff on the patio, so maybe he hasn't done anything else today. Maybe not. But I have noticed... Most of the crap happens at night. Ah, well, when you're not around with a water hose. Well, yeah. I left the water hose out just so he knows. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. This is the next Netflix movie. Yeah, I don't know about that. The Birds. Me versus a bird. I think I'm up on the scoreboard right now, but I I could be wrong. Well, I, I hope so. I mean, it is a bird. You know, <laughs> I really do. I mean, you know, I know you're bragging and all, but I, yeah, I kind of hope so. I, I'm not bragging. <laughs> I, I'm honestly, I'm not trying. I just don't want a bird building a nest on my front porch. I get it because it attracts snakes. Yeah, I, I got you. <laughs> yes, Fred wants me to post my owls and hoes on social media. Yes. We need to see your hoe. <laughs> you're so bad. You're so bad. Oh my goodness! Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad. See, we we need updates on on what's happening. Sure, sure. So what, what's great though? What, what I see the scenario going here is that you're going to be, you know, your house is going to be empty for a couple of days, and uh, that nest is going to be like a palatial mansion when you get back. Well, <laughs> that's why the owls are going to protect oh, the house. I see. Okay, I mean, gotcha. it, it, it's interesting because. All kinds of stuff gets picked up by the cameras, right? Uh-huh. A possum goes across, a raccoon goes across, a cat, a dog, 
The bird doesn't get picked up on the cameras. Well, the bird's smart, you know, at a camera view. Well, yeah, it's like like I got a stealth bird that I'm dealing with, but I can see on the cameras if it's getting worked on, and so I have to. If I need to during the uh, while I'm in Vegas this weekend, hey Hal, my neighbor, can you go over and uh, wash the nest away? He'd probably do it, or call James. Well, hey yeah, James, leave a couple of ribs. There, in there's the beer in the fridge. Uh, <laughs> you know, go go kill a not kill a bird. Can you go uh, kill a bird? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you happen to, it's it's fine. Hey Joe, can you run over the house and catch that bird? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I see your name on my phone. I'm, I'm not answering. Because <laughs> I know exactly what it's going to be. Because hey, you wouldn't know what to do either. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> you wouldn't know what to do either. I'm just glad it's your problem and not mine. You know, a problem that the uh, city is going to face, or what kind of problem do you think it will be for the city of San Antonio and the Spurs when they start asking for tax dollars for a new arena? Because Wemby is here, I think this is the right time, one, to ask, two, it's time to, to replace the Frostbank Center, start that groundwork. Since the announcement yesterday, and that news broke during the Blitz, there's been a lot more opposition, if you will, to not only the location, but the idea of another taxpayer-funded arena. And I know there always is going to be that opposition, although, admittedly, I'm a little surprised that we're hearing so much of that in San Antonio. We'll uh-huh. talk about it. Coming up here on the Blitz on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. <laughs> it is the Blitz here on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Menix. Dude, I don't know if, if it's a good omen or not. Well, you're heading off to Vegas. You got bird issues and mic issues before you head off. It sounds like bad karma to me. I'm going to be fine. Yeah? Uh, the bird is one thing. I mean, this microphone, you know, it's, it's been around 16 years. It's a long time. <laughs> it's a it, long time. It, it happens. Yeah. It happens. But right. I, there was somebody in the studio this morning that I won't name, R.J. Ochoa, who, who, who probably hangs on the microphone a little bit more, moves it around because... You know, it's new and it's different, and, uh, you know, it happens. And quite frankly, the uh, little contraption arm that the microphone is on and the, the screw that's in there, one, size matters. It, it, it doesn't have the, it, it, the, the length of that screw probably isn't what it needs to be, and, and it's been stripped <laughs> that's what out. She said. Uh, it, it's been <laughs> stripped out. I mean, this, the, the screw in this microphone would not want to wear today's baseball pants, if you know what I mean. <laughs> See, that's why these guys are upset, because some of them might not be as uh, entertaining as others. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We will. Um, Where do you guys stand on this new arena site for the Spurs? 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. I am from a, I, I try to be real world. I know they're going to ask for government money, tax a tax break, a tourism tax, which doesn't bother me near as much as if they were doing some sort of property tax or sales tax or something like that. Most of these are done with a tourism tax. Mm-hmm. You travel a lot, you check into a hotel, you rent a car, and the taxes, you know, 
the sheet of the, the list of taxes sometimes can be two pages long. It is what it is when you travel. Who cares? Right. Yeah, nobody cares. Um, and that's what's going to happen more than likely mm-hmm. with this. Now, until there is more progress, nobody from a local politician or the Spurs are going to say anything until they've got a plan that they're going to unveil. This is what they're going to do. So let's look at what we've done in the past. Alamo Dome, that thing was paid off in a hurry. Makes makes money. Frost Bank Center, same kind of thing. Makes money. Um, They'll do that here. And I, I honestly... All the talk of, hey, we're, we might lose our team to Austin. All right. There was that threat. A lot of people thought that was a real possibility. We know that's not going to happen. And one way to make sure that doesn't happen is vote yes on this tax. And the Spurs are going to be here for the next 30 years, 50 years, whatever at least they sign. And that might have been a political game that the Spurs were playing. We suck right now. Now's not the time because we suck to ask for a new arena. But if it, they think that's going to keep us here, you know, it's what Miami did to get their <laughs> new stadium there for the Marlins. We'll move to San Antonio. Yeah. Oh, we'll build you a stadium. Cool. All right. I, well, that's what they all do. Yeah, exactly. So the opposition, I get, but I don't understand, except for people that are going to bitch about anything. They're, they're, they're called cave people, citizens against virtually everything. That's what they are. Most of them live in Canyon Lake. But when you look at it, sorry, Pledge. <laughs> Canyon Lake. That was a, just a shot at Pledge. Yeah. But, but you, you know what I mean? Now, if you want to argue the site, because you're not a fan of the site, all right, what's a better option? Yeah, give us, give us an option. What is a better downtown option? That is a perfect option. That land has been talked about uh, for forever as a site of something, uh, a new stadium of some sort in, in former fashion. It is an absolute perfect piece of land for that. So it's hard to say that there's anything else that that is any better than that. Now, is there? I'm sure there's other areas where where a stadium could be built but that to me is the absolute perfect you want it downtown it's where it should have been from the beginning if you recall the sbc center at that time was supposed to be built where hero stadium sits today but the spurs couldn't get the tax break that they wanted from the northeast independent school district that happened so the county steps in so they built it where they built it it needs to be downtown that's where it needs to be and, uh, yeah, they're going to ask for public money of some some form or fashion. The only concern I have is that, and I remember, and we, we need to get somebody on to talk about this, because if I recall during the Alamo Dome fight, there is only a certain percentage of tourism tax that you can do for a certain period of time. Yeah, You can't just go tourism tax, this, that, and we want this and uh, and you know, buy this every year or every six months, whatever the case is. So that that's a problem, and and we need to figure that out once it comes to fruition. So I, um, they got to be thinking about all of the above. When you when you look at it, and and again, there are people that are in these meetings with a lot more information and knowledge than 
me and you yep. and you yep, out yep. there in your car and you sitting at your cubicle and you at the bar listening on your AirPods, whatever the case is, there are people that have more knowledge than we do. So our opinions right now are based on the information that we have. Yes. And so if they go tourism tax, because we don't know that, but yeah, it's not a, and none of these things typically are, and I'll say it that way, typically, they're not forever. You know, over this period of time, they expect to raise X number of dollars. That's going to cover the cost of the building. I would also like to think the Spurs are going to say, and we're going to pay X amount. Right? Well, they do that. Hey, we need three billion dollars, and we're going to kick in twenty-eight million. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, you bought a yeah. seat. Uh huh. Um, but that—that's the way it is. And when you look at the exposure, one of the arguments that you often hear: Why am I paying for billionaires to have an arena? Those arenas benefit the city, benefit the community in ways that. They measure monetarily, but in reality, you're providing certain jobs, entertainment. Why do concerts not come here? Uh, you you have more options, more availability, more things to do. There There is a huge benefit to the city. Every time, you remember the days when the Spurs were on national TV all the time? Yo, all right, there's a shot at the barn, and then let's go down to the Riverwalk. And, you know, that helps with tourism everywhere you go. You can't buy that kind of publicity. Uh, you're exactly right when it comes to that, and and that's the biggest thing, right there. Uh, you cannot buy that kind of publicity. So what happens then? You get more tourists to pay that tax. I, I've I would love in some fantasy world where sports franchises paid for their own buildings. That that would be fantastic. But that is not the reality of the situation. The reality is you. The people have to pay in some form or fashion, whether that's tourism or some sort of a tax on this or that. And it just is the way it works. Nobody else builds their own stuff. And the community benefits from that. It does. If we didn't have the San Antonio Spurs, and I tell you what, and I'm just throwing this out there. There's nobody's told me anything or anything else. But I guarantee if we don't want them, Las Vegas does. Yeah, Austin would take them. Uh, there's a million, and so is is that what we want? And that's really the choice. Do you want the Spurs or don't you? And again, when there was the thought that they might be laying mm-hmm. the groundwork to go to Austin, everybody lost their mind. Absolutely. So, all right, now is where you, where you do it. To give you an idea, Henry Cisneros, what, about a week ago? did a sit-down interview with Vinny Vincetta from at Ken's TV and was talking about the Raiders and some of the stuff that was going on with the Raiders when uh, young, bad haircut Davis, what's his name, Mark, uh, was, was talking to Mo. The, the, the city. And they were working on plans until, well, Las Vegas gave them everything they wanted, including a billion-dollar stadium. Uh-huh. All right, going to Vegas. Yeah. I don't know if he was eyeing Vegas anyway. Uh, more than San Antonio, but they were getting pretty far down the road. Now, I had not heard that one of the stories that Cisneros told Vinny Vincetta, but I know that some of the stuff that Red McCombs told us on the radio then, um, the mayor at the time, um, there was there was a lot more progress made that time to where it felt more real than other teams and uh, that had inquired about San Antonio. Until Vegas came in and said, all right, we'll pay for the whole damn thing. Well, that yeah, that's part of it. 
The other part of it is the Spurs wanted a piece of the ownership, the piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. And the Davis family was not willing to do that. That is a fact. That happened. And I'm telling you again, and that's why that's why everybody wants to blame Jerry Jones for us not getting an NFL team. Jerry's not the problem. Our sports franchise here is a bigger hurdle than anything else because they want to be involved. And I, I don't blame them for that. It's not a shot at the San Antonio Spurs. It's just a fact. That's what that's it. They're the biggest impediment to anything else coming here. So um it, it's gonna be interesting to see. Look, a stadium and I guess some people have a problem with it being built downtown. Devin Murphy on our YouTube channel says, use the tourist tax again and build the stadium away from downtown. And my only question would be, why? Where do you want it then if you don't want it downtown? That's a great question, but it's going downtown. It, it really, downtown arenas, if you travel around, they're, it, it just adds to your downtown in, in positive ways. I realize in San Antonio, we don't have a lot of downtown living. I know there are people that live downtown. There's there are condos at the top of the Grand Hyatt, uh-huh. and there are some nice condos. And, you know, you, you, you got Southtown. You got some areas that are close and, you know, the uh, that complex that's over by the Alamo. Don't, I know there there seems to be more downtown living than, say, 10 or 15 years ago. But most of us live out. Yeah, and, most and, of us do. And, and so going downtown is an occasion. You know, we, you know, we don't just think about like, we're going to go downtown and we're going to do this or we're going to do that. It's an occasion. You know, we've got family in town. They want to see the river walk. You're going to something that the Majestic. So maybe you go have dinner at the Palm or the Bohannons and you go to the Majestic or something at the Aztec. And, you know, for most, that's how we utilize downtown. And that would change if there was a downtown arena. Most of us would frequent those downtown bars and restaurants on a more regular basis if you had an arena downtown for Spurs games. So right now it feels foreign. I don't want to deal with downtown. Put that there and it becomes the norm. Well, for 18,000 people every game, it does. And that's what you're going to have. Just gives people something else to do um, before and after the game. And, And it's just... That's where it needs to be. That's that's the trend right now well, for new stadiums, and that's where it needs to be. And, and let's face it, no matter where they pick, somebody's going to bitch. If you oh, live yeah. if you live in Shirts or Garden Ridge, uh, Converse, you, you know, and they build it up by ten near their practice facility. Oh man, that's all the way over there. All right, if you if you build it up by thirty five a little bit in say Garden Ridge, the guy that lives in Fair Oaks. Oh man, that's it's the same thing. It, it, you yeah, know, it, it, if you build it down by the Toyota plant, same thing. I'm in Stone Oak. I'm not going all the way down well, there. Well, that's why downtown makes sense. It's the same for everybody. Yeah, right. And no matter where you live, unless you live close to downtown. But if if you're in the outer areas, it's the same for everybody. So, um, it's going to be an interesting fight over the next uh, several months. That's for sure. Fight is the wrong word. Debate. I think fights are the right word. Well, it could be. There are people that like to fight. Yeah. Well, sure. And then, and then there are people, as you mentioned, that just don't want to do anything but sit in their rocking chair, drink and smoke, and complain. And the guy that complains the most probably doesn't give a damn about the Spurs, doesn't go to a game, barely watches on TV, and doesn't know Wemby from 
Jeremy if he were to see him, but he's going to be the loudest in the argument of why we don't need a sports arena uh, with any kind of tax dollar. That's the way it goes. Speaking of the Spurs, man, they were close last night. Wow. Uh, they weren't even within shouting distance. Let's they, celebrate. They were in uh, whisper dis- uh, uh, distance last night. We'll talk about the Spurs. And more importantly, what Pomp said about Wemby pregame, that is very, very interesting. That coming up here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Yeah, I couldn't be more proud of them. We made mistakes, they made mistakes, but, you know, they're an experienced team now. The young kids have grown up. You know, Sabonis and Fox are all-star caliber players. They added some free agents. They're a good basketball team now and can play anybody. And for us to do what we did, I couldn't be more proud of them. Are we in the moral victory stage of the year? Yes. Well, have we not been in that stage (laughs) since day one? I mean... Well, not day one. I. They played well last night. They they played well enough to win. At times. No, At they, times. they. I thought last night was a damn good basketball game by our San Antonio Spurs. And all the things that we talked about, we were seeing on display. Unselfish play from Devin Vassell. While he still led the team in scoring, his passing late. There was a there was a play last night late in that game, up two or three minutes to go, and Devin Vassell was open for a shot, but he made a great pass to to Victor, and even Sean Elliott said that's a play that wouldn't have been made earlier in the season. Uh huh. I, I, it was smart basketball. I thought Devin played great last night. Passed the ball when he needed to. Took shots when they were his shots to take. They, the Kings go on a on a late run to put that thing away after it was tied like at 121. After that, uh, you know, things fell apart. Vic had, Vic had some looks. He didn't, he didn't knock him down, but they Nobody made the right, did. they made the right plays to get him the ball. And he's who I want taking those shots. Well, I mean, nobody did. And, and it, again, there, there's so many things when you watch this, and and if we're going to get all happy about a 127 to 122 defeat, okay, I'll I'll go there with y'all. Happy, that, that's fine. Moral victory. Yeah, sir. we'll we'll go there. That, Shouting that's, distance. That's great. Whisper distance. Um, you know, w- when you look at it though, and d- defense was lacking there at the end. Shot making was not there at the end. Um, and, and I, I see it, it. It drives me insane to sit here. What? Well, but they're learning. <laughs> They're learning, and they learned last night. And Devin Vassell finally learned something, and that's a shot he wouldn't have taken earlier. I just, it just drives me nuts. The, the result's the same. They lost. It's uh-huh. an L. doesn't matter if it's five points or 25 points. Well, it's a loss. It, yes, Joe, it's a loss on a bad basketball team. A, a bad basketball team, and when Dan Weiss said, Last night, and I knew this, but it was one of those that he said it, and you go, damn, that's bad. They have not been in a close game since they beat the Timberwolves and then lost to the Wizards by a couple. (laughs) Every other game, they've been blown out. Uh So to even have a close game, um, well, they they beat the Raptors on this road trip. They did. But when they've (laughs) lost, they're, they're just getting destroyed. 
So to play a close game where you feel like in the final five minutes they've got a chance to win. And they did. And and they did. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a moral victory guy, but last night they played well. They they That was a great basketball game. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. And I was expecting them to get blown out last night. So for them to compete the way they did – with all the things that we hear Pop saying that he's looking for, and you look at the goals that they had in their practice that we all saw, right? All of that was on display last night. You got everything from last night that you wanted except the W. And I do wonder, though, although they didn't play like they were trying to lose like last year, but wins now actually hurt this team because now over the final 26, it's it's lottery balls, isn't it? Well, I, I think uh, the Spurs can't, even if they... <laughs> Even if they lost every game from here on out, I, the Wizards and the Pistons are so bad that I don't think you can uh, have the most balls. The Spurs are going to be somewhere as third to worst. So that's their issue there because the Wizards and the Pistons are just awful. Uh, I mean, you, we, you realize we, you're we, talking about an 11-win Spurs team, right? Well, well, yeah, but you're talking about, what, an 8-win Pistons team and a 9-win Wizards team. But bottom three get the same number of balls. Oh, okay. So all well, you got to do is finish in the bottom so just three. Finish, so just, yes. just stay right there. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> Sucks. Yeah, well, it does that we're going for balls again. Well, that wasn't the plan. Aren't you tired of going for balls? I mean... I mean, Charlotte's got 14 wins. We don't want to catch them. See, Portland's got 15 wins. We don't want to catch them. They got a four-game lead on us (laughs) for most balls. Well, um, you got a a Washington with nine wins, Detroit with eight. uh Uh-huh. I'm just saying. Well, they're not going to catch the Spurs. I. I, I can't imagine three, three games, man. You get hot now, and you trip into a three-game win streak, and it could screw the whole lottery up. Well, since that hasn't happened all year, well, um, just saying, I'm not, I'm not anticipating it happen. Look, I'm just sick of this, and and I look at it and say, okay, Devin Vassell. You know, Pop seems to think he's going to be a great basketball player. I like Devin Vassell. I agree with that. But other than that, maybe Keldon Johnson or Jeremy Sohan. Maybe one, maybe both, who knows. This team is not going to be this team next year. Though it's hard for me to get excited and buy into, well, they're playing unselfish ball now. It's going to be so much different next year that it's hard for me to get invested in what I'm looking at on the on the court other than Victor Wimbanyama and Devin Vassell. I, I look at, at Wemby last night took the most shots on this Spurs team. He was 8 of 21. Just one of six from three. Finished with 19 points. Devin was 13 of 18. Finished with 32 points. I don't mind Devin being the high point guy. As long as when I look down, I see Wemby is the high shot guy. Um, those shots, you know, are going to end up falling for Wemby. Although, you know, maybe maybe working on that three is something that, uh, that he could do. But, uh, I mean, what you saw last night is what we've been saying for weeks or months that this team needs to be. Wemby is the number one option. He finishes with the most shots. They didn't drop for him last night. We know over time that's going to change because watching the game last night almost felt like Pop knew what was coming 
you know, because you look at the box score and it just felt like he was missing shot after shot after shot, but they were good shots. I, I don't mind the shot selection. At some point, they're going to drop. He finishes with, with 19 and 13, had four assists, had five steals. He had five blocks, but watching the game, it didn't feel like it was that kind of a night for Wemby, which is kind of what Pop said before the game. When you're watching Wemby, it reminds him of David Robinson. And quite honestly, some of those Tim Duncan nights where you look up and, you know, Duncan's got 26 and 14. It's kind of like the David Robinson thing. You know, we'd finish a game and you start taking David for granted so much. You'd say, damn, David, did he rebound tonight? Or what did he score tonight? You know, I'm thinking he got 12, 15 points. And you look at the stats and 24 points and 11 rebounds and three blocks and you didn't realize it while the game was going on because you expect it from him. So it's kind of like that with, with Victor. Uh, he's right. And you, you, as a fan, you took David and Tim for, for granted. We're going to do the same thing with Victor Wimbanyamba, but we said that. Remember when he had the 10 blocks? What was that, a, a couple of weeks ago? And I think that that will eventually probably be the norm unless teams adjust and don't, don't challenge him as much. And that is certainly a possibility. But I, I think those kind of stats are going to be the norm for Victor Wimbanyama um, and, and for Devin Vassell as, as well. Now, he took 18 shots last night um, and made 13 of them. He so he, he was on last night. And look, there's a lot of other things besides scoring. I mean, these guys are still not playing defense. That's clear. Uh, they turned the ball over. They, 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 especially in that fourth quarter, well, they had a two-point lead with a couple of minutes to play. Yeah, and uh, you know, just making rookie mistakes. But again, I just don't. It's hard for me to get invested. And and I'm curious: Am I the only one that feels that way? Or are we just going year by year here and and just trying to enjoy it this? this year when the team's most likely going to look a hell of a lot different next year. You know, the the question really is, what does a hell of a lot different look like? Because I think a lot of these guys are playing, I don't want to say for their NBA careers because somebody will pick them up, but their roles need definite defining. Devin Vassell, if you get more of what you saw last night, he's got a future here. Uh, Keldon, you could almost say the same thing. But but it's Wemby, and it's it's what are they going to do in the offseason? And I go back to something that Jeff McDonald was telling us yesterday here on the Blitz when he joined us uh, from Sacramento. The idea of going and getting a point guard is there. But is it going to be the all-star point guard that every Spurs fan is looking for? And right now, because... His name has been linked to the Spurs for a couple of weeks now from before the deadline to it's going to happen in the summer is Trey Young. Well, now the the problem is as a Spurs fan, and I'm going to be guilty of this too, if it's not Trey Young and it's a good guard but not an all-star caliber guard, we're going to be disappointed that that's what they did. We went through all that for that guy. And you see what I mean? It, it, it's going to be interesting to see what, what's molded into, but – this is, you know, to your degree, this year has been such a disappointment. Expectations not met. You get a player like Wemby. Pop said in training camp, this year is about winning. And they're sitting at 11 wins with 26 to go. And you don't want to get invested in this team. Why fall in love with one of these players that likely isn't going to be here or in the same role? It's, it's 
like if you're fostering a puppy, don't get attached because that puppy's not going to be here very long, right? It, it it almost feels that way with this Spurs team. Yeah, I just said, look, Vassell, maybe Johnson, Sohan, and and perhaps Trey Jones. Other than that, I don't know. And and if you want to get invested in some of these guys, I know a lot of people are, especially Vassell and Johnson. Um, but I just McDonald said it yesterday too, and and we've talked about it. They need. I don't care if it's a superstar like Trey Young. I don't care, but they need some veteran players in here that can teach these young players on the floor in the heat of battle. You know, it's it's one thing for Tim Duncan to work with Wimby in the practice facility. That is fantastic. But to immediately say, oh, man, you know, he did that, you should have done this. Or watch out when he goes around to his left. Or whatever the case may be, that's invaluable. And right now they don't have that. They don't have anybody that's going to do that for for Wimby or anybody else. Well, And, and, we, and that's what they need. Yeah, well, and again, I mean, even Wimby said last night after the game, you know, that, that lack of experience showed up in a game that was very winnable for them. The experience showed, and uh, our lack of experience showed as well. So uh, it's still, still blurry. I need to watch the game again. And, <laughs> and, and, and honestly, I mean, he looked distraught's not the right word, but frustrated. Like, it's one thing when you're getting beat by 20, final horn goes off, and all right, man, oh, I knew we were losing this game 38 minutes ago. Uh, last night, they felt like they had a chance to win. Last night, I was glad to see the frustrated look on a lot of the faces following the game because that is a team that felt like they played well enough to win, but they know their mistakes late cost them that. To me, you learn from that. That was the, the biggest takeaway from last night's game for me. Well, you learn from it, but the, Jason, they've been making those same mistakes all year. When are they going to learn from it? That's what I'm talking about. We were almost in the, done with the season. It's not like they made those mistakes for the first time last night. They've been doing that all year. So, yeah, you learn from it, but, I mean, you need if, – if there were a couple of veteran players on that team last night, Spurs win that game because those veteran players don't make those mistakes – and they will everybody else. And that's what I'm talking about. And that's why I think it is such an unjust season for Victor Wimbanyama to go through with this young group of players that most likely he's not going to be playing with, a lot of them, moving forward. I think they have wasted this kid's rookie year. And, and, and I hope, and I hope and pray that in the offseason they adjust and they bring some veterans in here and and get this thing together so you can at least watch TV or go to the arena every night and say, you know what, we got a shot. We don't have to make the playoffs. That's cool. But you know that they'll improve and that they're doing something to build a team. This year, I, I don't. What'd they do? Well, nothing. Nothing. And, and again, I don't disagree with anything you just said, except for they don't have those players right now. But m- making the mistakes late in the game in a close game like they were in last night. And they've had so very few close games where you're in a dogfight. It's late fourth quarter, and you've got to make the play in order to win the game. That's why I say they can learn from last night. You know, it's one thing to make the mistakes and you're down 23 or you're down 18 or you're down 17 and you're going to lose that game. The feeling last night following that loss 
I hope for those players in that locker room felt a lot different than when they were getting beat by 21, where you know for the entire fourth quarter the game is over. Uh, because that will stick with you a little bit more. You can watch that film and say, that mistake right there cost us the game. That mistake right there cost us the game. We're, we're in a tight game, I think you learn more from than when you're going through the motions, just waiting for that clock to get to the final zeros. I, I can I can live with that, and I and I agree with that. Good news is, just sent the injury report. Everybody's playing tonight against the Los Angeles Lakers. Haven't seen the Lakers injury report, but it is expected that uh, LeBron is going to play tonight. Good. But it is a back-to-back, so you watch, but a, at least Wimby is going to start the game. He only played 31 minutes last night. I'm just night. saying. You think Louie wants him sitting on the bench in L.A.? Of course, of course not. Yeah, you, you think Louie wants their, their new spokesperson sitting on the bench in you Los think Angeles? You a damn what Louie wants? No. 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 He does not. No. <laughs> hey, our golf tournament's coming up. We are literally about a month away. Coming up. On March 25th, over at the Golf Club of Texas, presented by Flight by Yingling. Uh, we're about half full right now, so get your foursome in. Go to sasportstar.com and get that foursome signed up. If you sign up as a foursome, it's $100 a player, so 400 total. If you don't have a foursome and you want to sign up, you and a buddy or just you by yourself, we'll find friends for you. $120 a player. Get signed up now for our golf tournament coming up on March 25th. Over at the Golf Club of Texas, go to sasportstar.com. Get yourself registered. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Semenix. It is a Friday. Yay, the weekend is here. That's our, is it our first football this Friday? Second. No, we didn't have a football Friday last week. All right. I know, it seems like the season's been over forever. It's been two weeks, huh? That's a long time. Two weeks. Three weeks? No, the see the uh, it's, it's been two weeks, right? Yeah, because the Super Bowl was the eleventh. <laughs> so it's really our first football this Friday. I, I mean, I know last week we didn't have football, but you're still kind of recovering, if you will. I'm trying to save myself here. Um, yeah, dude, I yeah, was yeah. crying on Monday of last week. Well, you cry every day, so well, that's true. not a surprise. I mean, yeah. but mm. uh, uh, while there there is no football this weekend. You do have the Spurs playing tonight. Nine thirty, by the way, is when that thing will get underway, <laughs> which really is like nine forty-eight. Right by the right, time they yeah, get yeah, the tip yeah, off, yeah. We'll and they, they play on uh, on Sunday as well. The Spurs do. Yeah, yeah. I'll be in Vegas. Should I put some money on that? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> sure. They play Utah, and uh, I think Sunday it's Utah. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So they got uh, what three more games on this rodeo road trip? I believe that is accurate. The Lakers, Utah, and then they finish up. Uh, well, in the rodeo end this weekend, it does. But they got to clean the cow poop out and get you know the smell will linger for a couple of weeks. Well, I think that's the bonus for people that go this weekend, like you. You got to take a bag up with you. 
Well, it, it, that was always the joke, and, and it was always funny, and it got old after a while because that first game back from the ruddy, hey, how do you like the smell? Yeah. <laughs> You'd ask the players that all the time, right? Well, it's fine. Uh, no, it's really not. Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay. I can't believe you're going back to the rodeo tonight. A well, little, little big and rich. I was invited, so uh, very happy to go back, and I think it's the semifinals. Yeah? Yeah, so the them cowpokes will be uh, riding hard. Okay. Um. <laughs> Yeehaw! I got to <laughs> practice. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> Well, there's a yeah, and then there's a yeehaw. There's a difference. Is there? Yeah, one's a donkey, one's a cowpoke. I couldn't tell the difference of what you sure. just did. Well, the, literally, the, they sounded exactly no, the, the same. The, well, yeehaw. Listen, all right. Yeehaw. That's a donkey. Okay. Yeehaw. That's a cowpoke. <laughs> Sounds like the donkey got squeezed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he did. Ah. Uh, so why does the cowpoke have to have a higher voice? It's just the way it is. It's more like a greeting. Yeehaw! 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 Howdy! Howdy, howdy. <laughs> That's how it is. You know, it's, it's a greeting. The donkey's like just being a donkey. Yeehaw! Yet they, it, 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 it's still, I mean, you get a little bit of a higher pitch. Is the cowpoke in your mind, is that, is that the dude? Greeting you? Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. And he's on the back of a bull, which would explain the uh, higher voice. That could be. Dude, I saw some of those bulls the other night. They're, they're monsters. Well, they are. My Literally. Goodness. Yes. That's why those guys get paid what they do. Woo. And why they are nuts. But what I like about the cowpokes and cowgirls at the rodeo, they have to earn their money. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike, you know. Some professional athletes that just get paid no matter what. So you would prefer the, as opposed to the guaranteed salary guys, the uh, go out and yeah, let's say the better you do, the more money you're going to make. Sure, take Dak Prescott for example. Oh, here we go. He gets sixty million dollars a year, say in some. Here we go. In some world, yeah. How about he just gets paid like you know by the completion and then. You know, it's kind of like fantasy football. And if he throws an interception, you knock off 20 grand. And, and you know, I mean, you could do that. Can we hear the donkey again? <laughs> yeah. There's Joe Reinegel uh-huh. on a Friday. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, it's a thought. Uh-huh. Get off my lawn. <laughs> oh, Have my goodness. Have fun at the rodeo tonight, my friend. Thank you, sir. Yeah, are you, are you tuned up on your big and rich music? Yeah, I'm really not, honestly. Can um, you name a song? No. I can't. I know, I know I'm going to know some songs. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And then Gretchen Wilson, too. So I'm assuming it's a little longer concert tonight and not as much rodeo. I don't know if that's... Uh... <laughs> Dude, I'd make more than I do now. Are you kidding me? Really? Yes. Blitz says, if we approach the boss with that kind of it's contract for, for Joe. Another beer <laughs> with the Blitz. Oh, Jason and Joe go head to head. We'd have to get Lance involved in this beer bet. Yeah. <laughs> Take the guaranteed money that's on the table, yes, man. Yes, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Think about it. Your guaranteed money. When you started, we had a three hour show. Now we got a four hour show for the same guaranteed money. I know. I think I know. the boss always wins. I know. And they, they do. Let's they do. do the headline blitz. <laughs> 
This is Jason and Joe's Headline Blitz. Two guys, two opinions, never enough time. I am a big hockey fan. And hockey is the one sport that I know when I'm watching, I know I'm just a fan. I know it's not going to translate to the show. You know, 99.9% of the time, I can watch hockey just as a pure fan. Every other sport, you and I, you watch something and you're mentally taking notes or literally taking notes because it could be a topic on the show. Absolutely. But we're in San Antonio, and unfortunately, not enough hockey people to to talk hockey for, for the most part, unless something crazy happens. So when Joe Reinagle came in and it's like, dude, we're talking hockey today. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. It took a referee of all things, a referee to get Joe interested in some sort of hockey news because hockey is really a sport for the people. If he hits it with his stick above his head. You're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. Wow, that's some good uh, description there from Rank. That was an official, and they were having a review uh-huh. is what, what I look like. And so he comes out, and obviously the call's going against the home crowd, and he just tells them, you're not going to like it, but the uh, call stands. Yeah. I love that. And that does happen in hockey, the personality even with the officials. Dude, I, I love that. When I saw that, I, I LOL'd. You LOL'd? I LOL'd. Wow. <laughs> H-E double hockey sticks. Wow. <laughs> If that's what it takes uh-huh. to get you to watch hockey, which is the best beer drinking sport there is, and I just say I want to watch it. I just I I enjoyed that, and then you know you change the channel. I do, you like violence, yeah. You like you like players that earn it, uh huh. You like the physical nature. <laughs> How often, man? In football, they might as well make it flag football. Watch a hockey game. Like you wonder how those people survive, and then I, they play the next day. I have to. There's no load management in hockey. I have to take the time to learn the rules. It's not complicated. Well, it seems complicated. Well, it might seem that way, but once you understand, like, red line, offside. Yeah, exactly. And how's the icing? See that all of that stuff. It's not complicated. It's complicated. It it, it really isn't that complicated. It's not. The hardest part is. Following the puck. Well, one of these, I can do that. Well, I'm not sure if you can because you got to somewhat pay attention, and your attention span is like your bladder. I, I mean, I don't, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta follow, and, and then anticipate where the puck is actually going, as opposed to trying to follow it. Well, and that's the other thing. I mean, see, see that's you a learn. lot of work. Yeah, it's really not <laughs> a lot of work. You just keep, I want to sit there just and drink drinking. beer, and 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 you know, just keep drinking. I don't want to work. Well, let's see. Was he offsides or was that icing? Or did he cross the blue line or the gold line? I mean, there's you know, no gold line. Exactly. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. Like, but, but what I'm saying, though, is it's not all that complicated. And once you kind of understand what offsides is or uh-huh. what icing is, then you don't have to overthink it anymore. And you just enjoy the physical nature. Well, once I understand that, I will. Now, I do enjoy playoff hockey. I'll, I'll admit oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's pretty intense. Dude, it's, yeah. 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 Got a friend of mine that's a big Las Vegas Knights fan really yeah believe it or not well he's actually from las vegas originally okay so so they got a team and he's all in he's all in yeah, yeah. lifelong yeah, yeah i've been a fan for like three years well however they've been around yeah where'd they come from 
uh, one of the Canadian. I don't know. Actually, what? from Canada? Uh, oh, they might have. I mean, can't, <laughs> huh? Well, they they weren't the Winnipeg. Were guys. they the Minnesota? No, no, the, that's the uh, Stars, right? Well, yeah, but Minnesota's got a team now, the Wild. Okay, yeah, I know they came from somewhere. Well, sure, most teams do. Yeah, but they weren't an expansion team. Could have been that, but it was actually they might have been an expansion team. But I know they were there. They had a great expansion draft. Well, I don't. It's really neither here nor there. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, we we don't. <laughs> We don't care. Fred says they were an expansion team on our yeah, YouTube what I channel. Think they were there an you expansion go. team. <clears throat> but right. there's so much movement in hockey that um there for a while there was a lot. I'm not a hockey aficionado, so you could become a fan of the uh, Seattle Kraken. No. The Dallas Stars? No. Phoenix is about to lose their team, so depending where? on where they end up. Is likely Salt Lake City. Well, they could share that brand new arena with the Spurs right there at the Institute of Texan and Culture. I mean, I think Houston gets an NHL team before San Antonio. Well, I, I don't know why. Didn't they have one and they lost it? Uh, they had an old World League team. Gordy Howe used to play for them. Oh. Yeah, the Houston Arrows. I don't like Houston. Why would they get a team? Because they got a building and a mayor that wants to attract things. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Ron, line three. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, whoa. <sighs> and sports owners that are inviting. Sure. With the other franchises well, that I, are there. I would assume, it would be my assumption, that you build a brand new arena, you might have some interest from the NHL. It is possible. Yeah. It, it is certainly possible. Because what's going on with Phoenix and the Coyotes uh, but I do think they'll end up in in uh, Salt Lake City. All right, that 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 would be my guess. Salt again, Lake City Coyotes. I, 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 well, they'll probably change the name. <laughs> Although it could work. Yeah, maybe. Who, who knows? Huh? Who knows? The um, NCAA might actually do something that we're all going to agree on. They are talking about moving early signing day to the first week of December. So, and and that's big because right now. If they go with the date that they're looking at, that would be like literally the first day of the new playoffs. Yeah. And that would be bad for everybody. Horrible you, you, for you everybody. think about like last year, the UTSA Roadrunners and Jeff Trailer play in a bowl game, mm-hmm. and then the next morning is National Signing Day. Right, right. And the kind of pain in the ass that it was for their staff, although they did make it work, but, you know, those 11th hour. Uh oh, uh oh, guy that we're looking at. Uh, 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 well, we're in the middle of a game, man. Uh, run and get on the phone. Get, exactly. You know, well, we, now he wants another this or that. Yeah, you know, it's just they've just got to get a, a a good open window in the calendar, which there aren't many for early signing day. Well, and, and that's a good thing for the NCAA. But do you think they just throw things out there to say, "Hey, we're still here. We're out here. We're the NCAA. We have no stones, but we're here." Yeah. It's possible. Speaking of stones, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, about the uh, new baseball pants. <laughs> this is a disaster. Uh, well, because I think when, so. when you get almost virtually every player complaining about it, one player said, I need to just go buy pants over at Dick's Sporting Goods yes. because everything is visible through these see-through pants. And when you look at some of the photos that are out there... Um, there's nothing left to the imagination. No, it's, you, a, it's yeah, almost I mean, like soft porn. I, I, well, I, I mean, there's no guy freeballing in his baseball pants this week. They're, they're just not. Um, 
because it's a, like when you tuck in your jersey and can literally read the patch that's on the bottom of the jersey through the uh-huh. pants, yeah. you realize how see-through that is. I don't get it. It's who is it? It's a uh, fanatics and Nike. Yeah, uh, have done the uniforms and and uh, I, I don't know. Now there's been some of the layer photos, and even the poor photographers aren't helping the guys out because you know they're, 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 I saw one photo floating around the uh, uh, the internet and and, and clearly uh, bats right, throws right, and hangs right was the uh, <laughs> caption on the Twitter photo because you could you could just tell in the in the photo. Like, hey, the photographer, like, you want to adjust a little bit? Something? Wow. Um, now, Evan Grant, who covers the Texas Rangers for the Dallas Morning News, tweeted out, I can report from out here on the front lines from the press box. It does not appear you can see players junk through the new fancy pants. <laughs> That's a reporter leaving no stone unturned. Yes. Pun intended. <laughs> well, I don't know. Are the uh, Are those the same uniforms? Yeah, maybe the maybe Major League Baseball's trying has come up with something here. Maybe the NFL is attracting a young female audience with Taylor females. Swift. Yeah, and baseball says, "Well, we'll show bats and balls." Hold our beer. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Could uh, be. Let's talk some football coming up. Uh, the uh, salary caps going up a lot. We'll talk about that coming up, and also how some teams can create some cap space, including the Dallas Cowboys. Want to know how they can save nine and a half million dollars? We'll tell you coming up here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. This is the home of the Aggies. This is Andrew Monaco. You're locked on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. We are the home of the Aggies. And Andrew Monaco. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Our spring golf classic coming up March 25th over at the Golf Club of Texas, presented by Flight by Yingling. Go get yourself registered, essaysportstart.com. You can register as an individual. You can register as a team. Get your foursome in. Do it, essaysportstart.com. It's, it's a gorgeous weekend. Start practicing. We're about a month away, and uh, we're about halfway sold out, and we always sell out. So, don't, it's going to be sold wait. out. Yep. There's no question about it. So get in there. You know you want to play. You know you do. You'll have FOMO if you don't. You know what FOMO is? Yes. All right, I'm just checking. Of course I know what FOMO is. <laughs> and, of course. And and no, once it's sold out, don't send us a message. Hey man, anything okay, you can Boomer. do to get me in? I I, I didn't get I didn't get signed up. I was I was waiting to. I was trying to get my friend in. And, 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 once we're sold out, we're sold out. That's it. Now, if somebody drops out, we'll tell you. We've had that happen before. But right. we don't keep a waiting list. We, we, don't, we don't know. I mean, we get 36 teams. We don't do 39. We don't do 40. We do 36 teams. Well, you can't. You'd be out there all day. Well, and, uh, and, honestly. You know, and uh, John Sobery says, you guys going to go? Uh, we're there. Of course. But we don't get to play. You know why? Because you guys buy all the teams, which we appreciate, and that allows us to drive around in a cart and uh, jack with everybody and take a shot here, take a shot there. And I mean golf shot, because yes. we've got to work later, boss man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we have, we have a great time out there. We do. We do. But, but we, we do don't have get a, to play. We don't have a team. And we do have a little show to do at 2 o'clock. Yeah. So, and that's another reason. But yeah. uh, Golf Club of Texas, which, it, it, man, if you haven't been out there in a while... 
get out there. It's incredible. Well, and one of the things that they're doing there at the Golf Club of Texas, and it's fantastic, but they're they're redoing their cart pass. Yeah. And when we say they're redoing their cart pass, they're not patching and fixing. They are completely, and they're doing it one hole at a time. So if you go out there, the whole place isn't tore up with construction. It's one hole, but it's phenomenal with what they're doing. But think about the expense of doing every cart path brand new. And by the time our golf tournament rolls around, I wouldn't be surprised if the entire front nine is is completely done uh-huh. and, and you know, and, and maybe even a little bit more than that, you know, depending on weather and the construction. But yeah, it's 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 pretty incredible what they're doing and, and they're also widening the cart pass as well. So that that's gonna make a huge difference. Give you a little more uh, room if you yeah. add an extra beer or two. Exactly. You know, <laughs> Ryan Angle driving off of the never mind. Um, no, it's it's a great place. You need to get out there. We're going to have a lot of fun at the Golf Club of Texas. The uh, Combine next week in Indianapolis. And while this is not big news, it's interesting. Mike McCarthy and Mike Zimmer are not going to be in Indianapolis. They're, they're not going. They will participate in the prospect interviews they do at the Combine virtually, but they're not going to actually travel to Indianapolis. The only thing that surprises me about that, although if Mike Zimmer is in on the interviews virtually, I guess it's all kind of the same, but knowing Mike has been out of the game for a couple of years, I thought he might want to physically be there, meet guys, see old friends, because it is a big coaches reunion, but a lot of coaches have stopped going to the combine. It's more for the scouting departments and and the GMs, and if they're in on all the interviews that they do, I guess they don't really miss much except for watching a guy get weighed and and that sort of stuff. Well, I'm kind of surprised because most coaches do go. I know that Sean McVay from the Rams hasn't gone in a, in two or three years, and uh, and he for whatever reason doesn't go, and it's probably going to become a trend. You would imagine if uh, other coaches see some of these other coaches that aren't going, they're still doing okay. Um, but you know, Jerry will be there. Steven will be there. Yep. Um, watching and seeing what's going on. I don't know. I, you know, it, there's two trains of thought there. You know, McCarthy says he, he feels like he can do more at the facility. Um, I, I would want to be there. I think, you know, it's a big convention. You know, they, they work all day. Then they go to St. Elmo's and go to a steakhouse. There's, sure. there's I mean, Mike McCarthy is probably right. He might get more work done being at the star than he would be in Indianapolis because, all right, we're going to interview Joe Reinagle at 3.15. Cool. He's going to be on on the Zoom. Well, from 2.45 to 3.15, I might be watching Joe Reinagle's film from, you know, Tinker Toy Tech. and and You'd be pretty impressed. Yeah. Be a little bit more, I don't know, familiar with them as opposed to just a, the cattle call of, all right, who's coming in next? Okay, this guy, that guy. I, I don't know. I, I could see both ways of it. If the scouts are there and the GM is there and that sort of stuff, maybe more important than the coaches. I know Mike McCarthy has said in the past he feels like he gets more out of when he actually gets those guys into the facility when they're able to do those 30 visits later in the year, a little yeah, one-on-one yeah. and 
you know, let's let's go out to the football field or let's let me get you on the grease board and do stuff. But if you can do that over Zoom, why not? Well, he's going to do we it. learned that through COVID. Yeah. The world survives on Zoom. Well, I know, but let's don't make it a habit of that. You know, let's get out and shake hands and, and do that stuff. Now, the the cap number. Zoom. The cap number that came out today seems to have caught the NFL world by surprise because it went up by a record amount, $30 million. Yeah. A $30.6 million increase from 2023. So the salary cap's at $255.4 million. Massive. Now, maybe the NFL types anticipated that, but most of us did not. So that's good news for the Dallas Cowboys, although they're still over the cap. But all they got to do is get rid of Michael Gallup, make him a post-June 1 cut, and boom, they're under. Well, a million dollars. So they still got a lot of work to do if they're going to go all in, as Jerry says. So we'll see. But, yeah, they, they, which is most likely going to happen, which is kind of a sad thing for Michael Gallup. But he, it most likely he's going to be um, he's going to be cut post-June 1. So what happens next? That's the key thing. And, and teams already, Jason, are making uh, some movements. The New Orleans Saints, they uh, restructured Derek Carr's contract. They're going to get $23 million in cap space by doing that. And the Seahawks reworked Geno Smith's contract, created just under $5 million in cap space. Um, and there's a difference in reworking a contract versus extending somebody. Yes. There's a difference. Because what they did with uh, with uh, Smith and Carr is going to pay him outright as a signing bonus. Well, that's it. You convert it to a bonus yes. as opposed to salary, and it's going to count differently. And they could do that with Dak Prescott. But his cap number is still so big, you just wonder if if that's the right thing to do for the Cowboys if their plan is to keep him. If they're not going to keep him, yeah, you convert that into more of a bonus, and you know, here we go. Um, and he's playing on the final year of his deal, and then he's going to be a, a a free agent for the first time in his career at the end of that, because he can't get tagged and he's got the no trade clause, which he could waive. It would be interesting though, if the Cowboys were to do that, I would think at that point, the next step isn't have him play out this year on the final year of his contract. If he doesn't get an extension, I would imagine the Cowboys would do everything they can to trade him. So you get some value for him. Otherwise you spent all that money. He becomes a free agent. He's gone, yeah, and you're starting over. And knowing that the Cowboys, at least to this point, haven't done anything to prepare for life after Dak Prescott, they got lucky with Dak Prescott with when Tony Romo got hurt because they really hadn't done a lot of prep work for life after Tony Romo. But at the same time, when you look at the available quarterbacks out there who they could trade for, none of them are, are better than Dak Prescott. So if you were to trade Dak and then make a move to get and sign one of the free agent quarterbacks or, or whatever, you're still going to be taking a step backward in quarterback play, although it's not going to cost you $60 million. It, it's going to be interesting to see, and I think Dak's situation is going to be known sooner rather than later uh, because that is what they have to deal with before they can deal with anybody else. And so Dak's deal is going to get done, and I think it, it's going to be interesting because – 
I don't expect him to answer it with any clarity, but you know that Jerry's going to be asked about that uh, when he gets out to the Combine next week. So it's going to be interesting to see what he says. Um, surely they're they're negotiating now, I would assume, and Dax probably looked at some numbers and responded. They're going back and forth as we speak. But I, that deal has to get done one way or the other so the Cowboys know what they can do with everybody else. When you think about their – free agency, their draft, their off-season wish list. Because whether Dak's deal gets done first or they've got a pretty good idea of where it's going to go because that's got to be the first domino that falls, whether it actually happens first, but the parameters are, are going to be where the Cowboys need it to be. You guys play general manager. What is your wish list for the Dallas Cowboys priority list? Again, through free agency, trades, draft. What positions do the Cowboys have to address from a priority standpoint? We'll dive into that and what the cap means, the new cap number means for the Cowboys as we continue here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Cowboys play here. It is the Blitz here on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minnick. On Twitter, at Joe Reinagel 210. You can tweet at me, at Jason Minnick. You can dial up, and this is a segment where we want your participation. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the San Antonio Sports Star YouTube channel. Hit the thumbs up button, and you can comment there as well. Yes, we've got a lot of comments today, a lot of folks watching on YouTube. We appreciate you for that. Subscribe, though, and hit the thumbs-up button, will you? That's important to the folks uh, in the front office, and Jason and I, too, by the way. Absolutely. Um, You play general manager. You're you're Will McClay, you're Jerry Jones, you're Stephen Jones. You guys are sitting in the office talking about what are the priority positions that we need to target this offseason, whether it be through the draft, through free agency, work some trades. In your mind, what is the the most important positions, players that you need to address on, from a position standpoint? Well, there's a lot of work the Cowboys have to do, I would say. But first and foremost, and I would assume Mike Zimmer feels this way too, Cowboys need some help in that linebacker core. And I think that would be if I was a if if I had one wish, I would like to see them address that somehow, some way that could help with that uh, run defense. Uh, hopefully Mozzie Smith plays better, but they need a good size physical linebacker. It, they, especially if Van Der Esch doesn't come back and it doesn't appear that he's going to. Is that your top priority? That would be mine, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Because I, I I'm on the offensive line as my number one priority. I need to find a left tackle and a center. I, unless I extend Tyler Biotish. And I, and I, again, Jerry and Steven and Will know what they're going to do there. <laughs> I do not. They so, probably will, don't you think? I, well, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, so I, I'm, I'm going to assume right now he's a free agent. So is he coming back? Is he not? Maybe that, that solves that priority list. A left tackle, Tyron Smith, is apparently on record, according to Calvin Watkins at the Dallas Morning News, that he is not going to retire and he does want to come back to Dallas at the right price. 
whether Tyron Smith is back or not, I need to make sure I have a solid left tackle. So when, so to me, that's a priority, whether it's for the future or for now, I've got to get myself a new left tackle. That well, to me is number one priority. Then maybe center. If I'm not, if I'm obviously, if I don't sign Tyler Biotish, well, center becomes a priority. Well, I've seen a, a couple of mock drafts that have the Cowboys going offensive line number one, linebacker number two, running back number three. And I think to me, if if the Cowboys do go that way, I, I think that's that's the perfect way to go. The, that address three needs right away. Now that's assuming again that these guys that you draft are going to be good and 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 be able to contribute. Um, but if if you're going to go all in the way Jerry. Uh, said they were. Now, again, what Jerry means by going all in remains to be defined because I'm not exactly sure when it's Jerry Jones. However, um, look, if you're going to go all in, you can't do that through the draft. You just can't. You've got to go out and get some free agents. And 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 just like the the Bucks did, just like the the uh, L.A. Rams did, and it paid off for them. So you you have to define what Jerry means. By going all in. Well, and, and only Jerry really, really knows that. Now, when you look at Dak, obviously, is the biggest financial question coming into the season. Uh-huh. Then you look at their long list of free agents. I mean, Tony Pollard played on the tag last year. Highly unlikely he gets a second tag. Uh, what is the second tag number for running back? I know right last, around twelve million. Well, last it? year it was what 10, ten for you know. So uh, running back, well that that yeah, that eleven million. that eleven nine in that on the first tag. That's not the second tag, which would be a a, a what about a twenty percent increase, yeah. right? So yeah. that might price Tony Pollard out. And did Tony Pollard do enough last year to warrant? a long contract with the Cowboys. Or when you hear Saquon or you hear Derrick Henry or you hear Jacobs again, are are the Cowboys going to spend money at the running back position? Even with the increase in cap, knowing that Mike is going to get paid and that, that CD is likely to get paid and you got Dak and you know you got you got Biotis, you got other guys, I just don't see them spending money at the running back position. They're going to draft some guys or get some guys and – they're going to be fine there. And I think that's the right way to go when it comes to running back. Look, a lot of teams have, have found some good luck uh, drafting guys, and, and, and they've worked out okay. So I think the Cowboys can do that. You, you, you draft a running back and hope that he is the guy, um, and whether it's Rico Dowdle behind him or, or if you keep Tony Pollard somehow, some way. I, it, it surprised me when Emmett Smith was on with us out on Radio Row. He – was all in favor of the Cowboys keeping Tony Pollard, which really surprised me. But he want, he said that his, his exact quote was, well, who else are you going to get? And so, yeah, I, I don't see them going after a Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley or anybody like that. Draft the running back and, and hope you get lucky. Now, let, let me ask you this. You look back on the season as a whole. Tony Pollard did not have an awful season. No. He didn't have the explosive plays that we were used to seeing from Tony Pollard. He was still a thousand yard back, and you could argue whether that's still a worthy milestone or not, but in a passing league, it still is. He didn't score the touchdowns that we expected, but the Cowboys still had a pretty damn high scoring offense. Uh-huh. 
They struggled in the red zone. His blocking was a lot better, a lot better than most of us thought it was going to be based on history. So if I'm Tony Pollard's agent, I can make the case that I earned a long contract mm-hmm. with the Dallas Cowboys. I earned my right to keep that star on my helmet. But did he play well enough to earn 10, 11, 12 million dollars a year? And the answer is no. And and quite frankly, for the Cowboys, I don't think they could pay any running back that, you know, and I don't know what the number is. Is it six? Is it four? Is it seven? I, I, I don't know. I, um, I, I don't think they're going to pay Tony Pollard 10 to $12 million. If he'll stay for something that maybe equates to $21 million over a three-year period, perhaps. But I, I think that's even a long shot. With the success that other teams have had, drafting and drafting late in the draft and finding running backs there I think the Cowboys were better off taking a shot and doing it that way and spending their money on other things again like offensive line and linebacker when when I look at at um I mean obviously Tyron Smith if he comes back I would think it would be at a reduced salary. He made, what, 12-something last year. Yeah, yeah. The, the the reports right now were around seven. All right. Uh, Gilmore told us in Las Vegas he wants to come back. Sure. He told everybody that he wants to come back. We know Zimmer loves him. I think he ends up coming back, but he was a $10 million guy last year. Um, you get a healthy digs. You saw what you got with Bland. I don't know which one is technically the third corner, but Gilmore still played at a high level. Yeah, and I'm not sure about, you know, Bland had some spectacular plays, but then he kind of fell off. So I'm not sure, is he a guy that you can really count on to, to if you do get rid of Gilmore, to be that guy on the other side? He made some big interceptions he and did. took him to the house. He did. But kind of like Diggs. You make big plays, but in the process of doing that, sometimes you give up big plays, and that's yeah. just the nature of that position. You know, and, and Deron Bland is, you know, still on his rookie deal. So, I mean, he's there, he's good, but, I mean, you know, you need a lot of defensive backs, and so where, where do you go there? You know, J. Ron Kirst, Jordan Lewis, um, and when you look at the tag numbers, none of those are worthy of what those tag numbers are. Dorrance Armstrong so, I, you know, they've got to take care of their own free agents, and that list is long. It's a long but list. But when you look at a bigger linebacker, which is something that Micah Parsons told Jerry that we need, of course, I think we all need that, knew that, plus Mike Zimmer likes bigger linebackers. you got to help that offensive line that to me and, and get a running back. Those are the priorities. If you lose a Michael Gallup, I don't know how much that hurts you in the sense that are you bringing back Brandon Cooks? And if you pay C.D. Lamb, you still are waiting for Jalen Tolbert to develop into a quality NFL wide receiver. But there are lots of receivers out there, lots of receivers. So I think you you have an opportunity to replace Michael Gallup with a lot cheaper of a version. What they need to find, I mean, you remember, what was that, that Bryant guy that they added to the team that yeah. we all forgot about? <laughs> Martavius. Yeah, they need a tall wide receiver that can help in the red zone or that bruising type running back that can help in the red zone because that was one of their biggest issues last year. You look at in a 12-win season, if they were any good in the red zone, they beat the Cardinals. If they were any good in the red zone, you know they might have two more wins. Um, 
Now, none of that mattered in the playoffs. <laughs> it didn't. I, I got there before you did, Joe. But <laughs> at, at, at the same time, where were issues last year with this team, and how are they going to fix them this offseason, uh, or fix them, address them, so they're not as glaring of a problem? Because you realize you probably can't get all of these goals accomplished in one offseason with the salary cap situation that they're in, even with a record cap increase. To me, the biggest problem was stopping the run. For the second year in a row, that was the biggest problem. So that's something they have to address. I think the linebacker that we've talked about will help with that. Uh, Mozzie Smith's going to get another year. Hopefully uh, for the Cowboys, he gets a little bit better. But they've got to stop the run. I mean, teams know going into Dallas, if you've got a running game, that's what you try to do is run the football. Uh, and and if the Cowboys can somehow slow that down, obviously that helps everybody. But that's uh, that's the major need on that defense that they've got to get done is stopping the run. And um, again, I, that's why I say linebacker is my main priority because that's my biggest issue. The Cowboys can score; they've got the offense to score. Uh, the, we talked about their secondary; it's adequate. But they can't they can't stop the run, and that's got to be a priority. So is uh, Hankins trying to bring him back? Wow. Um, well, he didn't do much good stopping the run. I mean, he was one of the better of the bad. I think <laughs> I, 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 that's I, a good way to look at well, it. Well, you know, but here here's the thing: Did they not stop the run? Follow me here. Were they not a good team at defending the run? Because they were always rushing the passer. It, it feels like they were constantly on most downs in a pass rush attack defense. And when it was a run play, they were reacting to that. Whereas some of the good runs, I mean, they're, they're, they might not get to the quarterback as much because they're not going to let you run on them. So was it a personnel issue or was it scheme and play calling issue the way the Cowboys and Dan Quinn were running things last year? Well, I think the answer will come when we see what Mike Zimmer does. What does he think it was? Was it a scheme issue or was it a personnel issue? I think Mike Zimmer will address that. And probably a combination of both. Uh, You know, but when you have undersized linebackers. Big time. and, 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 And you're constantly rushing the quarterback. So you're going kind of out in or you're blitzing. And, you know, how many games, if you go back and you think about it, you know, were they they blitzing from the left side and they ran to the right side and there was a, a gaping hole there because the, the blitzer guy was on, was on the other side trying to create a mismatch. And, you know, so sometimes I think it is scheme or if you're fir- first as you're shooting up the field and now you're trying to, to catch somebody from behind, they're still going to get three, four, five, six yards. Well, look, I, I think you've got to use Micah Parsons differently too. I mean, just lining him up on the end and having him rush the passer, uh, you know, most of the time, it, that's got to change, doesn't it? I mean, I, I get it. Every, that's how he's making his bones as a pass rusher. But look, I, I think Micah Parsons is a type of athlete that you can put in different spots at different times and maybe confuse the offense a little bit. I mean, he lined up at the same spot just about every time, and you knew they were going to somebody. They were either going to double team him, or the running back was going to chip him. I mean, and so there was no guessing game. Line this guy up at different places. Um, you know, I could see a Micah Parsons as as nimble and and quick as he is, not necessarily a middle linebacker, but almost like a, a another safety at times. 
And, and, That'd be an oversized safety. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, but he's, he's not going to be in coverage. No, and that's not what I'm saying. But, but my point is, use him a little differently. I think Dan Quinn with Micah Parsons was too transparent. I mean, he he, you knew what he was going to do. You knew where Micah was. Move him around where maybe the offense doesn't know. Well, where's Micah, and what are we going to do? And I mean, I just think he's athletic enough that you can put him in different spots and be effective with him. And maybe disguise some of those blitzes, which, you know, Mike Zimmer is is known for. And I'm with you. And in Granite, football expert Micah Parsons on his podcast <laughs> said that those packages were in every game. Yeah. They're just not called. That's what he said. His words, not mine. Yeah. Um, and Dan Quinn did some wonderful things with the defense compared to where it was when he got to Dallas sure. and – you know, you talk about leaving the cupboard full. He left that place a lot better than he found it. What will Mike Zimmer do with what what was in place and, and how much change do you see? But finding a linebacker, and man, and we, we talked about it some, but losing Leighton Vanderesh was a far bigger loss than most thought. Mm-hmm. And how do you replace that? That's what you've got to do, and that's the style of linebacker that you need. I think we're going to see more of a change on that defense than Mike Zimmer's letting on. I know he said we're not going to reinvent the wheel. I, I think Mike Zimmer and Dan Quinn are two different cats. Oh, but they're going to change the tires and put different yeah. rims on so, it. I mean, uh, yeah. It's still a wheel, but it ain't the yeah, same. I think it's going to be a lot different than what we saw last year. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. When you um, look at the... The fact that the salary cap came out and it's so much bigger uh-huh. than what most were anticipating. I mean, record growth. The tags, though, are so expensive. They are. Uh, not just with the Cowboys, but I, I, I wonder how many franchise tags actually get used this offseason across the NFL. When you're looking at 21-8 for a wide receiver, you're looking at twenty nine eighty five for an offensive lineman, a defensive tackle at twenty two uh, million. Um, How much for an offensive lineman? You said offensive lineman twenty nine eighty five. Wow, really for a the franchise tag running back this year is eleven nine fifty one. Wow, you know, so I mean, the salary cap goes up; those tag numbers yeah. went up. <laughs> yes, they did. You know, quarterback at thirty eight. Well, yeah. And Cowboys, Cowboys could only hope they could tag Dak at 38. Now they, they would love that. They're not allowed to tag. No, they're not. But, boy, that's that's what Jerry's dreaming about. I, I mean, <laughs> think about that. You want to tag your kicker? Six million. Wow. Five, nine, eight, four. A safety's at 17. It, it, it truly does tell it's you. It's unreal, yeah. It, it truly, it, it, this is nuts. As I'm connecting dots here. Mamas, don't let your kids play running back. <laughs> running back is 11,951. Tight end is 12,693. Punter, 5,984. Safety, 17. Corner, 19. Linebacker, 24. Defensive tackle, 22. Defensive end, 21. Offensive lineman, 20. Wide receiver, 21. I mean, if I'm a tight end, let me hit the buffet again. I'm going to be a tackle because that's $8 million more. No Um, kidding. 
If I'm a running back, I could be a slot receiver. That's $10 million more. I mean, you think about it. Remember like Jimmy Graham? Dude, I want to get paid like a wide receiver. Quit calling me a tight end. <laughs> That's why. That's exactly why. It's 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 crazy. What I'm there's so many things to watch this off season, and I can't wait. I'm really anticipating a lot of things from the NFL this off season. But the one is: Are the running backs going to be, you know, the the I don't want good ignored group again as they were yes. last year? It's going to be interesting to see. And I think by the reasons we talked about, the Kansas Cities of the world that find the Pachecos. Uh, that can play on those rookie deals and be successful, I think that's where teams are going to go. Um, it, it's going to be a fascinating offseason. No question. Always is. Always is. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Start. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Ryanagle. He should have been a football player. Should have been a football player. I'm Jason Minix. I, too, should have been a football player. Wasn't that a Toby Keith song? Yeah. Should have been a cowboy. Should have. Did he mean Dallas? Of course. Yeah. Why not? Why not? He did a remix for the for Cowboys. Did he? You know, here's the thing. We were all football players. We just weren't good enough. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, I mean, let let let's be honest. Exactly. I mean, there was a time in my life I thought I was going to play in the NFL. Uh huh. There was a yeah. time in my life I thought I could be the first five seven wide receiver in the NFL, and then I realized, yeah, ain't going to happen. So I became a sportscaster. Well, there you go. So those that uh, do, do. Those that can't, talk about it. You know, it's, <laughs> I mean, there, there's there's truth there. I mean, it's like, man, I want to be in sports. Coaches, eh, too many hours, they don't make enough money. And I was going to be a sports writer. And I did that for yeah. you know, lo- a yeah. long time, working in the newspaper. And I realized, well, actually, I say I realized. I was told this great uh, disc jockey back in Copper's Cove who just recently passed, a big Joe Lombardi. Remember, he was like, Radio guys, we have more fun and we don't work as hard. <laughs> you certainly don't get paid much. That's for sure, uh, especially when you're first starting out. But, you know, what's funny, how you get here from different ways. When I got out of school, man, I had a great job with Motorola. Mm-hmm. Back in the day and, and uh, selling two-way radio systems to farmers and ranchers back in South Texas. And... Um, you know, if I had that, I'd probably be some rich billionaire up on in, living in Chicago. You realize they stopped selling beepers a long time ago. Well, they still sell cell phones <laughs> and, and all of that kind of stuff. It was two ra- radio systems, by the way, Minix. It was it was a big deal back then. Oh, well, yeah, but now they don't need that. Well, they asked me to leave after three years with them because uh, I wasn't producing like they thought I should. And so that's what got me into... Uh, into uh into this so i said you know i like sports i can talk about it a lot of people didn't think so right off the bat until the fine folks in new Braunfels gave me an opportunity well, it's, it's part of it yeah i'm curious so you were a traveling salesman in south texas with an expense account company car and freedom yeah and you weren't self-disciplined enough to go sell something i was a knucklehead <laughs> 
in those days, even more so than uh, I am now. Yeah, big knucklehead back in those days. Can you imagine? I got a corporate card and a car. All right. And no boss looking over your shoulder. Wow. It was great for a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I was at the pool hall at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and, you know, playing golf and doing all kinds of things other than selling stuff. Were you at least taking clients to the golf course? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> those farmers were working. They're working. So, yeah, it wasn't, uh, I needed supervision at that time. And, you uh, still do. Well, I, I, I do, yes. Out of curiosity. And I, I don't know this, and we're going way back in time. Uh-huh. But once you sold a farmer a two-way system, uh-huh. isn't that guy good for several years? He is, but uh, do you know how many farmers and ranchers there are from Corpus Christi south all the way down to the valley? I mean, that was my territory. I they're, they're everywhere. Did you have competition? Well, not really. I mean, so, yeah, there was somebody, I can't remember the other company, so, but so Motorola the, was the brand, and we were expensive as hell. Well, and so the other guy was uh, busy and actually working, <laughs> and you were at the golf course or at the bar, yeah. not uh-huh. working with a more expensive product. Yeah. But I'm kind of thinking, once you track down the guy on the tractor and sold him something, you, 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 you're going to quickly run out of business. I, I used to have a, a friend... When the AT&T Center first opened as the SBC Center, his job was sweet sales. And as soon as they sold out of sweets there with the Spurs, he got fired. There was nothing left for him to sell. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. Yeah. Well, dude ought to get royalties or something. I mean, he got commissions until he no longer was an employee. Wow. That's horrible. Well, it's like you know, it's like selling radios. I mean, once you sell somebody, eventually you're going to run out of people to sell. Do you'd be surprised at the amount at that time? I don't think farmers do that anymore. Maybe they do still use two way radios in their tractors. Well, they, and got, stuff. they got a phone. Well, yeah, well, exactly. So I don't know, but that was the deal. I mean, and so I'd go to like small town co ops and feed stores, and that's how you got your leads. You, 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 you make friends with those people and. And they tell you who, you know, farmer Fred over here, you know, it's, it's, uh, he, he's been asking, talking about doing something. Exactly. So that was the way it worked. So it was, it was a cool business. And, uh, if I'd have done it right, I'd have made a lot of money, but I was a knucklehead big time. You know, the problem is you meet all these people for breakfast. You have to wake up early enough to go to breakfast. Yeah, well, true. I didn't have a problem doing that. But, you know, I was ready to get off work at noon. <laughs> Lunchtime rolled around. It's like, oh, that man, I'm working hard. Well, at least, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Where do you track down your leads at the feed store? Yeah. I, I thought you'd just have to drive the company car which what, what what kind of car was it do you it remember it was a nice car I, I don't but it was like a ford something or other but oh, like a ford taurus i didn't have to pay for or it or a fairline could see you in your 1978 buick skylark driving on no, the ranch you no, needed no, a big no, truck no, no it was a little it was mid-80s pal all right uh, <laughs> so they gave you a 1978 Buick. no oh, it was, that it was, was a, my brother's first car that thing was a tank we all had the same because there were like there were i don't know how many of us there were well, uh, at this yeah. little place in corpus christi yeah fleet sales man uh, they're all the yeah, same so it was uh everybody it, got a white ford taurus it was a nice it was brand new when i yeah when i got it when had they gave windows it to me. you push the button yeah. remember when we got those and i wasn't like 
had a little bag phone and and all of that stuff. Well, Motorola. Little, of I had course. a two way radio in my, in the uh, in the car as well. It was great. <laughs> so you'd hear people coming on the uh, on the radio after they make a sale and yeah, I just made a sale. Man, Farmer Smith over here and bought five radios and a base station and. I just go, damn, how did they do that? (laughs) (sighs) Mm -hmm. Those were the days. (laughs) You know, Alexandra on our YouTube said, imagine that, Joe and Knuckle. It is hard to imagine, Alexandra. I know. Hard to imagine. It's a stretch. It is. It's a stretch. It is. So I appreciate you... uh, I don't think that's how she meant it, but I mean, I appreciate the sentiment. Well, I mean, you are who you are. I am. And I've known you a long time. And you're, what, about 30 years? Yeah, I think we've known each other that 93? long. 93? Yeah. Something like that. And he's basically the same guy. <laughs> a little more responsible now than I was. Well, I don't know if you are. Your life is a little bit more responsible because you got somebody that keeps you... Uh, in chat. Well, that too. That too. Yeah, I still like to have Others fun. Others tried, though. but they- <laughs> I, I like to have fun, though. I mean, uh, well, those others were uh, uh, careful. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, it, it's just you know. I, I mean, there there are stories that we could tell on each other. None of us would get in trouble for them, by the way. Uh, no, no, that, and the, the, not those kind of stories. I mean, we, you know, but just. Dumb stuff we did having fun. Oh, no question. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yes. You know, we used to play flag football every weekend. And and then flag football turns into bar time and, you know, or all the different kinds of stuff. I mean, there's, there, you know, a lot of history between the two of us. And, yeah, you calling yourself a knucklehead, there's no argument. And <laughs> you say the same, same for me. I mean, we've seen each other do wow. some. Uh, um, dumb stuff. Yeah, I mean, not dumb, but. How the hell did we survive that? Well, dumb stuff. Yeah, yeah that we survived. Yeah. <laughs> that one time in Phoenix. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, spring training. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, stories like that. Thank God for Marcus Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> you know, come to th- Marcus uh, got me out of a, a lot of things. Marcus is a great friend. He really is. Marcus, there's no doubt. Marcus Floyd is a great friend. He's one of the best. Are you kidding me? That dude is, uh, and we're brothers. So, Alexandra, don't be overly surprised. <laughs> New segment, Joe's Confession I Friday. I love it. I love it. Nope. Kind of cleanse the palate nope. heading into the weekend. Nope. And then start over. Nope. I think it's a great idea. Joe's Confessional. Nope. <laughs> well, somebody could sponsor that. No. You think, uh, I don't know, the Baptist church down the street? <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> Um, is the no because you're implicated in some of these? Nope. <laughs> nope. No, no. I, I, I just, you know. Nope. I, that, that's not a good radio segment. You know, that might be a gathering at the Rue Pub amongst boys and uh, doesn't leave this room. Because, I, I mean, nope. That, that 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 sounds like a good idea till it's not. Well, see, Menix th- would then feel the need to confess as well, and nope. he doesn't want to do that. No, I don't. See, there you go. No, I don't. Well, that's good. No, I don't. I agree. No confessions here. Nope. That's that's it's about, it's about as good as it gets. If you if you were there and were a part of the story, you know the story. 
And if you weren't, you weren't. You, you know, there, there's an old Navy saying that only a sailor will believe another sailor's stories. Uh-huh. Because there are things that happen in other parts of this world that you hear about them, and you go, there's no way in hell. Uh-huh. Unless you're a sailor and you've been to that particular port. <laughs> you've been to that country. You, yeah. have, you have experienced the same or something very similar. You know, confessional, I mean, you know, we've all been there, done that. Yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah. Life is, life is great right now. Absolutely. That's all I have Well, to it's say. always been great. Well, it there's, has. There's some greater than others. Well, sure. And this is, you know, I can clearly say that right now in my life, it is outstanding. So same. I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. Same, same. <laughs> the um, Spurs new downtown arena. Yeah. While it's not official yet, uh-huh. the ball is rolling in that direction. News broke yesterday on this show about the sale of the Institute of Texans culture or the opportunity to buy it. Only one, one entity, the city can either buy or lease that, that land. What I was surprised is the amount of seeming opposition, either to the idea of the upcoming tax that's going to be there to build said new arena or the location. What do you guys think? 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776, the new Wemby Center on the way. We're diving into it next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Menix. News breaks yesterday about the likely future site of the new Spurs downtown arena. I thought most people would be excited about this. (laughs) But, you know, I was wrong. Yeah. If you're against it, and I don't want to argue with you, but I do want to hear your point. I'm curious... What objections are what and why the location? Because I I like the location. Could there be a better one? Likely, but is there a likely better location with land that's available? Because I think that factors in. Um, and if you're just against the idea of uh, any taxpayer funded anything, you're you're probably against everything. So I I, <laughs> I I don't know. But I mean, and the reason I say it that way is a year ago, a lot of us were, oh, man, is this the first step that they're moving to Austin when oh, they yeah. wanted to play a couple games up there? And and the idea of the Spurs leaving San Antonio, that was a big topic a year ago. If they're building a new arena here, they're not moving anytime soon. No. And, and And so I would think that most would celebrate the idea that – progress is being made for the future Wemby Center. Well, I think people would be happy about it, but look, some people, you know, just aren't, but I think some people are okay with a new arena. Some that I've, I've seen and heard from, um, don't like the location for whatever reason. Um, I love the location. I've always loved that location for an arena, a ballpark or, or something, uh, downtown. And I just think it makes sense. Right there, it'd be a perfect arena. You're downtown. You can, uh, you know, have dinner, a few drinks maybe before the game, go somewhere after the game if you want to, all of that kind of stuff. And I just think it it, it would help the downtown area as well. Most cities, and Jason, you know this, 
and, and anybody that's been to some of these other cities, Oklahoma City, Memphis, you see these sports facilities downtown, and it's just perfect. You file out of the game, you you go have a drink, let the traffic clear, and then go home or what, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. But I just think that it, it's a perfect location. For me, I love the idea of it. A new arena is going to be built either here in San Antonio or somewhere, and I'd rather it be built here in San Antonio. And I think that that piece of land downtown is perfect. Now, I, I, do I think the Spurs are going anywhere anytime soon? No. But if this doesn't happen, that changes the conversation. Sure it does. Because the Frostbank Center is almost 30 years old, mm-hmm. and, and it will be about the time that this new building is built. I mean, if they're just now talking about, all right, here's the land, and we'll start talking about the sale. Yeah. All right. I mean, you realize this is a long, years-long process. It is starting at the right time. We talked about this several months ago when, and we played the audio at the time, and we talked about it quite a bit. We'd have to go back, was it four or five, six months ago, give or take, when Oklahoma City and their mayor yeah. laid out the groundwork for the new arena for the Thunder and what it meant. And, like, here's the blueprint. I mean, everything this guy said, the mayor of Oklahoma City, and the idea that Oklahoma City is steps ahead of San Antonio pissed me off, to be honest. I mean, you know, <laughs> like, like, but give them a ton of credit because forward thinking and how are we going to build this new arena around what we currently have? And they have a great plan. They've got a great blueprint. San Antonio, I said at the time, needs to follow this because the Spurs facility, the arena, is actually older than the one in Oklahoma City, and they're already in the process of getting a new one. Yeah. Because, well, what we have is outdated and in a bad location. At the time, though, it's where it needed to go to keep the Spurs in San Antonio. So, but the revitalization of the East Side never happened. Even though they said that it would, a lot of us back then said, this ain't going to, I mean, and what do we do? We go to the game and we leave. Go to the game and we leave. That's it. Go to the game and yeah. we leave. You're going to the rodeo tonight. You're going to go to the rodeo and you're going to leave. Yeah. Nothing to do around it. Um, the idea of a downtown arena. I hear people, well, it needs to be on the Northwest side. It needs to be on the Northeast side. That's because you live over there and you want convenience. <laughs> well, sure. It, you know, it's uh, all about you. I mean, and, and I mean that for all of us. Yeah. It's all about us. And and I'd love to see it, it built where it, with the Spurs' new facility is uh, there in La Cantera. I mean, to me, that's a perfect spot. But it's not convenient for everybody in the city. Downtown is maybe not convenient, but it's it's we all have well, to travel the same distance no matter where you live. I, I mean, and the idea of where where the Institute of Texan Culture is across from the Alamo Dome, and just I, I I'm just envisioning more than just Spurs games. You think about Final Fours, uh, whether it's the men's or the women's, downtown is so walkable. It's easy. I'm sure there's a garage somewhere that they're gonna gonna put up, maybe two or three. Otherwise you got a lot of front yards on the other side of the highway you can park <laughs> for twenty bucks. But but the idea that all the negatives and I understand the negatives, all right? Anybody that goes downtown, pick any big city and go to their downtown arenas and 
parking and all those are, are, are an issue. You go to Houston to a concert at the Toyota Center or a Rockets game. I, I go to concerts in Houston. You got to find a place to park. You do all that, but it's fine. Ultimately, and when you before the event, after the event, there's things to do. You don't just get in your car and go immediately home. You know what's interesting, and I just thought about this, and, and I'll, I'm going to credit uh, Ronnie Montemayor on our YouTube channel saying, hey, if we don't have something like Texas Live, then what are we doing? And it brings up a good point, even though there's a lot of bars and restaurants downtown in San Antonio, but having a thing like that, and you know this because you go there all the time, um, that Texas Live is fantastic. It is, and I would imagine, based on everything that we've heard, an entertainment district with the arena is a part of the deal. In in Arlington, it's Texas Live. There is a very similar. The first one I ever went to is in Kansas City called KCPNL, Kansas City Power and Light District, and it's this the same kind of setup, although different because they got this outside concert venue and all that, which is similar to Texas Live, but KCPNL very different. Right across from the Sprint Center in downtown Kansas City, you know, back in. 2011, 12, 13, when I was doing games for the San Antonio Talons, we'd play the Kansas City Brigade three times a year, and you'd go there, and it was fantastic. You know, you're staying in the hotel right now, go to KCPNL after the game. It, it was great. Anything that happens in Kansas City is kind of revolves around that. In Philadelphia, uh, when we go up there for Army-Navy game, oh, it's great. Uh, you got the football stadium, the arena, and the baseball stadium basically in one big ass parking lot and that that fourth corner is uh you know Philly's version of Texas Live. And so um th- those entertainment type districts are all over the place and yes there something like that would be a part of this new downtown arena with everything that we have heard. And we, we've heard entertainment district attached to not only the new Spurs arena but also the baseball stadium for the missions. You know, any new stadium that gets built is going to be built with kind of an entertainment district, a part of it. The only, the only question that I have with that is you're kind of landlocked. You put that arena on the uh, the institute where it is now, uh, where are you going to put an entertainment district? I mean, I don't know where you're going to put it. And that's the thing because, I mean, the convention center's right behind there. You've got a Hemisphere Tower that's right there. Uh, that would be my only concern, and I'm thinking maybe if, you, if you're thinking about putting that arena there, maybe you're thinking you already have the entertainment district with the downtown stuff. I just don't know where you would put it, to be totally honest with you. Uh, I mean, I'm not an architect, and if you are, I, I mean, but you think about the land that's there, what an arena would take with a little bit of parking, obviously, because uh-huh. the rich people don't want to walk. Um <laughs> But I do think there's probably enough land there. And, and whether you stretch it out a little bit more in the Hemisphere Park, uh, sort of attach something to that part of the convention center, um, I don't, I mean, blow, I mean you're, you're talking get about rid a, of Denny's and put it there. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there, there are some things you could do to it's make this Denny's. thing work. Well, I, it, I've got another question. We had Major League Baseball yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, Jeff Passan with ESPN talking about that, that San Antonio texted me back. San Antonio the in the mix, right for for major. So here's a question: Would you tear down the Alamo Dome to build a Major League Baseball stadium there? 
Let me think on that for a second. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. We have tried playing baseball in the Alamo Dome, and it works for an exhibition. If the baseball team was here, yes, I would definitely knock down the Alamo Dome to build a baseball stadium on on that property. Uh Uh-huh. But I would have to have the, for me to fully support that idea, I would have to have the baseball team already in San Antonio one way or the other. I would not, and, and again, the Alamo Dome makes money. Alamo Dome is such a great facility. And you look at, for UTSA in their home games, and, and I know people want them to have a stadium on campus, but really the Alamo Dome is so perfect for what UTSA does you look at the All-American Bowl. You look at all the concerts they have. you got the Brahmas in there now. Did I mention all the great concerts that they have? And the amount of work that they have put into the Alamo Dome, uh-huh. millions. They're working on it right now. I was in the Alamo Dome on Sunday for an event. And, you know, that one end zone level area over there by Lot A is all curtained off because they're adding more suites over there. So I think realistically – they have put so much into the Alamo Dome and Final Fours and everything else. I doubt it gets torn down for a baseball stadium. I really do. Even the thought of it, maybe we tear down Bill Miller's over there and build the baseball stadium over there um, because the Alamo Dome is such a viable property and it does so much for the city that the only way I think you could even consider and have a conversation about that is if you knew that baseball team was already here, one way or the other, no backing out of it. We're not going to knock down the Alamo Dome, build a baseball stadium. If we build it, they will come because, hell, that's how we got the Alamo Dome. Well, sure, and that, look, I, I, I'm with you there. I wouldn't do it, but it, it's an interesting thing because if if you're talking about Major League Baseball wanting to come to San Antonio or Austin or wherever they want to come, I mean, you're going to have to have a stadium, and look, the Alamo Dome ain't it. Even if you, even if you remodeled that thing, what, you know what's – this is a fact that when they built the Alamo Dome, for just a few million dollars more, they could have made that a baseball stadium. Yeah. But people said no. Yeah. We don't want to spend the extra money to do that. That's true. And so uh, it, it could have been that, although it would have been outdated now, too. So uh, all, you know, rich people problems, I guess, when you're talking about stadiums. But uh, interesting. Because if you're going to attract big league teams, you got to have big league stadiums. Absolutely. Now, on Twitter, Charlie Prozos tweets in, at Joe Reinagle, 210, at Jason Menix. I love going to Texas Live, but that's not a fair comparison for us. Spurs games hold a fraction of the seating at Cowboys games, but there's nothing else around besides Texas Live. Downtown SA has so many options near and in the area of the site. Charlie, you're short of right and also extremely wrong. Yeah, if you're going to a Cowboys game, but Texas Live is attached to the baseball stadium. And that baseball stadium uh, does about the same number of people on most days that a Spurs game would. And it's still packed in there. And if you walk down, you know, Cowboys over to Randall Mill and you take a right and you keep walking down, there's other bars and restaurants over there. There's a Boston Pizza and there's, there's all kinds of stuff. You know, get on that little trolley and you'll find all kinds of other bars in that area that aren't Texas Live. Texas Live is a great spot for tourists waiting for an Uber. But <laughs> exactly. uh, there, there are a lot of places to go eat and drink right around that stadium that aren't Texas Live. So don't say there's nothing else around there besides that. 
Well, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and, and, and what they do and, and once those plans are made. So, uh, again, interesting. The Spurs are going to get a new arena. It's just a matter of where is it going to go and, and how is it going to get paid for. It's, it's going to happen, I can assure you. What is the Cowboys' wish list for this offseason? As they get ready to head to the Combine and they're putting their shopping list together, what is their top priorities? We'll dive into that coming up here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. This is Jim Rome. Join me weekdays at noon on my new home, 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. like an old school video game like i'm in the arcade a little upbeat music on this friday afternoon it is but it, it sounds like a video game i actually was trying to figure out what video game is this like did you guys have like a wc franks when you were growing up no the hell's that it was a great place we used to go like after games soccer games football games whatever it was in the cove Terra shopping center and it was <laughs> yeah you know, hot dogs ice cream and video games where, where all the kids went oh, after wow. a game. Absolutely. No. Basically diversions. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, basically. I grew up in Alice. We had the Sonic. <laughs> you didn't have a place where you can go get, play video games? No. You have an arcade? No. Where did all you we knuckleheads had, uh, hang well, out? Well, Sonic. We had the bowling alley, if you wanted. There were video games in there. Okay. Did you have, like, a, a skating rink? No, we had uh, a traveling one that would come by every now what? and then with a big tent, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what. <laughs> so a traveling skating rink? They would come by every, I don't know, once a month or so. And yeah, it looked like a big circus tent, but it had the wood floor. And yeah, that was a big deal. That and the carnival would come to Sagewood Mall. Wait a minute. Hold on. Alice has a mall? Yeah. Well, but not used an arcade? To. There was no arcade that I recall. Now, maybe they put one in after I I left. Did they have arcade games when you were a kid? Yeah, well, sure. Not necessarily when I was a kid. All right. Well, maybe that's why. You were grown and yeah. gone before Pac-Man became a thing. Now, when I got to uh, Southwest did, uh, Texas when, when, State. When, when did all those games come out? Like Space Invaders and things like that. What, late 70s? Early 80s? I Maybe. Something like that. I remember. Well, because I know when I got to San Marcos, we used to play video games all the time, like Donkey Kong and uh, Space Invaders. And I, I remember, you think about how I, you know, mowing lawns, getting paid, taking a ten dollar bill, going to the bank, getting a roll of quarters, and then going to the arcade. Uh huh. Right. You go to W. C. Frank's, or if we were at Skate World, we used to have this place also. It was called the Pink Panther, and it was a a club for kids. It was like a nightclub, but but for kids, teenagers. We had a Shakey's Pizza. Shakey's Pizza? Yeah. It's a good place to go. Is that like Mr. Gaddy's? Oh, it's Shakey's. It's different. Dude dressed up in his little striped outfit with the top hat. Shakey's Pizza. It wasn't the top hat. It was a chef's hat. Was that like a Bob's Big Boy, but for pizza? No, it was Shakey's Pizza. You know what I'm talking about. I don't. I've, I don't know that I've ever heard of a Shakey's Pizza. Shakey's Pizza. It was great. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, Mister Gaddy's. We Mr. had to go Gaddy's. all the way to Colleen for that. <laughs> we didn't have a Mister Gaddy's either. We had a 
In Alice, we'd have a Shakey's, and then it turned into a Pizza Inn. Pizza Inn. Pizza Inn. Why is Alice nothing but knockoffs? Well, and then we, we had mean, a Pizza uh, Hut also. Oh, you had a Pizza Hut and a Pizza Inn. And a Pizza Inn, And you yeah. had a Dairy Burger. Dairy Burger's I, I mean, awesome. Like, like, like the we whole... had a Dairy Queen, too. Well, but but it's like, like I, I listen to you talk about Alice, Texas, and all I can picture is the movie Coming to America. Yeah. You know, you had McDowell's. Oh, we right? actually had a McDonald's. Huh? We had the real thing. Did you have McDowell's, too? No. Not at all. But Pizza Inn was great because they had a lunch buffet. So you go there for lunch. So does Pizza Hut. No, they didn't. I mean, remember, back then, they didn't have it at Pizza Hut. They, uh, but Pizza Inn did, and it was cheap. Dude, see, and that's kind of like I, a CC's now, right? CC's Pizza. Well, it's so. It's <laughs> why do you hammer CC's Pizza? Well, because uh, they have a cheap buffet. They do. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the the pizza place, and, and I don't know. But that was the the cheap, like the sit down pizza place, not like the Domino's delivery, but. It was a uh, like uh, we're going to Mr. Gaddy's tonight because uh, or no uh, Pizza Hut we're going to Pizza uh-huh. Hut tonight because the deep dish they'd serve it like you know like waiters and you get those red cups and everybody would steal those things those wow. red yeah no, I don't remember stealing anything uh, please in high school you I mean never... come on dude dude I mean stealing the red cups from Mr. Gaddy's was you mean uh, like uh, the uh, plastic uh, cup? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Dude. What the hell did you want that for? Because they never broke, no matter what you did to them. <laughs> um, and, they, and they were bigger than, you know, most. And, and so, I mean, they were there. I mean, we were stealing those as kids before we were taking the numbers from Whataburger. Jeez, man. I, and I never did that either. What's the matter with you? Are you sure you lived? Oh, that's living, stealing numbers from Whataburger. Whoa, I never lived, I guess. <laughs> Jeez. You can, he's got nine of them in his car right now, those Whataburger numbers. numbers. Boy, that's your idea of excitement. Oh, well, no. Did you go I mean, cow tipping, too? I stole a cow one time. Jeez, you're a thief, man. No, it was our senior prank. Uh, to steal a cow. Well, it wasn't a normal cow. It uh-huh. was the big old plastic Borden cow that was on a trailer out in front of a convenience I those. store. And that the the Sizzler used to have that big cow out front. A lot of places have big cows out front, uh-huh. but this particular one, I think, was for a milk company. And you know, one of the senior pranks is 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 uh, some friends of mine who will remain nameless. One that had a truck, I did not. Uh-huh. And we cut the chain on that thing and we stole the cow and we parked it at the school. Oh wow! Yeah, and that. You had fun doing it? It was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We got in a lot of trouble. Wow. Um, because we also stole about every for sale sign that we could find, and we lined the road to the high school with all the for sale signs wow. that, that we had stolen. Boy, you were a juvenile delinquent, weren't you? It's a good thing you went to the Navy where they could straighten you out. 11 pal. days after Holy graduation. Cow. But I volunteered. <laughs> a judge didn't tell me, what do you want to do? <laughs> Man. Uh, Marco said he used to go to... Shakey's in San Angeles. That's what I'm saying. Marco knows where Shakey's is and what it's all about. Is Shakey's still around? I don't think so. I, I haven't seen one, or uh, they, they may be. I don't know. Is it is it good pizza? It or is it? Dude, that was a hundred years ago. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I assume it was good. 
I mean, look, there's shakies right now. Well, what do you mean? We're on radio. Look, there it is. Oh, You're well, looking pled- at a computer screen. Pledge has pulled up locations <laughs> for shakies. Uh-huh. It looks like California is uh, is very popular with the shakies people. Oh, well, hang on. Go back up to California. Let's see. Is there anyone near Oxnard, California? Um, You know what's in Oxnard, though? What's that place where a karate kid took his date? Remember that? No. He, karate Kid took his date to, uh, the hell was the name of that place? Somebody will know. At Joe Reinagle 210. <laughs> at Jason Lennox. It's there in Oxnard. Really? Well, yes. all I know is we've got to find a new pizza place for Cowboys training camp. I know. <laughs> RJ Ochoa and I were talking about this last night. Because Tim Spence has ruined at Tomper's Pizza for all of us forever. So we've got to find a new pizza place. In Oxnard for uh, for Cowboys camp. Uh, for those of you that that don't recall our 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 first day traveling with Tim, there's always something, uh-huh. and it's generally on day one. But I mean, we had just sat down to eat pizza, and this guy just before I don't even know if he had a bite, but he was just hurling up a storm Dude, and ran over to the uh... and, and yeah, just in the bushes yeah. over there. I don't know that we could ever go back there. There's a wonderful place, great memories. I don't think we can go back. Of course we can go back. I, I just, you know, flashback, I'm just not man. sitting in that same spot. Well, surely Golf they... and Stuff, that's the name of it, by the way. What? Gol- golf golf and Stuff. The Family Fun Center. Yes, and it's still there in Oxnard. It's in Oxnard? It's in Oxnard. Where in Oxnard? Yeah, we pass it every time from when you're driving in from L.A. and you're going out to uh, wherever you're going. You pass well, right by. Well, it. We generally either exit on Vineyard or Oxnard Boulevard. Oh, dude, I don't know the address. I'm just well, telling you. I've never you, seen we, that thing, and we've all been out there twenty well, you're damn not, times. You're not looking. It's there. Well, I mean, if I saw a fun center, I think I'd say, "Well, let's go have fun." It's golf and stuff. Golf and stuff. It's for kids. Hmm. So we can't go. Well, we could probably go. Is it like, like, like a water park and a putt putt and? Arcade games. Hey, if it's good enough for the Karate Kid for his date. I mean, why didn't he take his date to the rudder room? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Speaking of the Cowboys, <laughs> who are we going to see in training camp? New. Uh, as, as the Cowboys get ready to head off to uh, the Combine, Mike McCarthy and Mike Zimmer, the defensive coordinator, they're not going to Indianapolis. Not an unusual move, and a lot of coaches recently have opted not to go, especially head coaches. They will participate in the player interviews over Zoom. So I don't, you know, Mike McCarthy thinks he'll get more work done at the star than if he's at Indianapolis. Um, and Jerry saves on hotel costs, I suppose. Yeah, I don't think Jerry cares about that. He's a businessman. Yeah. Business expenses are uh-huh. business expenses. But when you when you Might look be at McCarthy's it, dinner tab, wow, <laughs> wow, I'm just saying that wow. that's probably more than the hotel bill. <laughs> wow, uh, dude's lost weight, man. He's he has. Good. <laughs> I think he found it again. Wow, <laughs> that's what <laughs> he's a big dude. <laughs> You're mean. <laughs> what does that mean? Dude. McCarthy knows he's a big dude. Yeah, well, and he eats a lot. But yeah, of mi- course. Mi- he might mix in a salad. I doubt it. Well, I mean, it's an extra $12. Why would you? Well, you mix it in before your big plate. No, 
Oh, man, why would you get a salad? Like, I was at a steakhouse the other night. Want a salad? Why would I want a salad? I like salads. There, there's steak on it, way. I want to save all the room for the good stuff. I Well, I enjoy a good salad before a steak dinner. Dude, I had a, a, a salad at lunch today. No, you didn't. I did. Wow. Well, it was. Uh, we were at Julian's Pizzeria, and the lunch special was a slice, which their slice is like three, and a, and a salad. So a slice and a salad for lunch. And if they would have brought the pizza and the salad at the same time, I probably wouldn't have touched the salad. But it came first, and so I ate it. Wow, or I'm shocked. most of it. What's well, a good salad? If you've got a good salad, I'll eat it. All right. If you got a crappy salad and it looks like you were outside with a blower, I'm probably not going to eat it. I, I like a good salad. And it, you're right, though. I mean, it depends on where you get the salad. Now, but what does this have to do with Mike McCarthy being fat? Why? Yeah, I, why, why, why? <laughs> business expenses. Jerry's more worried about the food meal than the hotel bill. <laughs> they stay at nice places. Well, sure they do. And they have nice restaurants there, too, I'm sure. St. <laughs> Elmo's. Yeah. Um. <laughs> if you're the Cowboys brass and you're going to Indianapolis, you have put together your shopping list by position how are you prioritizing this offseason? You play general manager and tell us what you're looking for. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. What I find interesting is when we were talking about this in the office, Joe and I have different priority lists of what the Cowboys need. Now, ultimately, all the same food groups are on that plate. But how they get their portion sizes, if you will, in the context that we're going, yeah. are different. Our top priority is different, which makes me wonder what the majority of our listeners think. You can dial up 210-656-ESPN, 656 <laughs> Tweet at Joe Reinagle 210. Tweet at me, at Jason Minix. If you're watching on YouTube, you can comment there. Don't get- say quarterback. <laughs> Ah, yes, you can say quarterback. Hey, dude, you've got a quarterback, and you're going to pay that dude a gazillion dollars. He's your quarterback for this year, so you're not getting a new quarterback this year. Right. That might be on a futures wish list, but you're shopping this (laughs) offseason. Don't be a donkey, as Ryan Eagle would say. Uh, Yeah, there it is. I love it. Don't be a donkey. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This offseason, you're uh-huh. not getting a new quarterback this offseason. You well, might extend one, you might not extend them, but Dak is going to be the quarterback next year. I love you, Dak. <laughs> That's a good question, though. Will there be a new quarterback backing up Dak Prescott? I wonder if Cooper Rush signed that two-year deal, but it was really only a one-year deal. Yes. I wonder. I wonder. it be interesting. What is your priority position-wise? Your call is coming up here on the Blitz. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz. On 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1, a San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minnick. An hour till the weekend. 
Yeah, Some of you might have already gotten off of work already. That, the weekend is here. That's what I'm saying. You made it. If, you've, uh, if you're driving home or already at home or wherever you're listening, we appreciate it. But uh, pop a cold one for us. Get a head start. Yeah, why not? Just pop a cold one and let it go. It's Friday night. It's it's Friday. We got yeah. an hour to go. Pledge, you doing a show today? All right, Pledge has two hours to go. <laughs> Pledge says he has four hours to four go. Four hours to go. Four. little radio marathon for Pledge tonight. It always is. <laughs> it always is. Speaking of marathons, I'm heading to Vegas this weekend. My wife is running the Las Vegas half marathon. Wish her luck. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now, when is she actually running? Sunday. Sunday, and it's at it's night, at night, right? It's at night. It starts the the, and it, it's going to be a weird Vegas trip because you know I generally we hit the ground and we're running. Yeah, pun intended. Uh huh. But I don't know how. I, I mean, like like Saturday, we were, you know, according to her, at least she is got to take it easy because well, sure. she's, she's you know preparing for for this run. So, you know, we'll land, go check into the hotel. Then we got to go to the resorts world to get the packet pickup and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh, right. Then we're going to go see our good friend Carrot Top. How about that? How about that? Wow. We're, we're taking it easy. Um, my biggest concern is Sunday because we'll go down to the start line and wherever that is, and they're off. And then I've got basically three hours by yourself. Well, I mean, my kid's going to be with me and some other friends, yeah. but, uh, you know, and I'm glad my, my, uh, good Navy buddy, uh, uh, Carlos and Lisa, uh, Carlos and his wife, Lisa, they're going, Lisa will make sure we're supposed to be, she's going to be the responsible one. Okay. Because I'm worried that, that, that Carlos and I are kind of like you and me. And then Erica's going to be there and, you know, Erica will, will gamble away with somebody else's money. <laughs> yes, um, she will. Although she wins. Uh, so I, I, I mean, <laughs> but she doesn't share. I'm just worried that we'll, you know, in killing time, we're going somewhere. And then what time do we have to be there? Yeah, I just want to see that. If you're on a roll and it's time to go. She'll understand. You think so? I don't think so. Well, that's, we've missed, let me rephrase that. I've missed, she's gone to many shows alone that that's, we've had tickets for that's because I'm not getting up, up from the table. Story. This is different. It's a different story. Yeah, I've, I've got to be there. I've got to be, I've got to be good this week. Yeah. Which is why we're staying till Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be fun. And I, I, I wish Joanna nothing but the best because that's going to be fun. If you're running a marathon, I can't imagine anything better than running in Las Vegas at night. Yeah, you're gonna be able to all the lights the are lights, on stuff. Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. The, is it along the strip or what? Yeah, yeah. No, right. you you finish running down the strip, and you know everything is lit up. They close the they nice. close the strip, which has to suck for everybody else. Yeah, that's it's gonna there. piss people off. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> it's it's you know thousands and thousands of runners. Yeah, you know, and and you know my my wife loves uh, anything neon and. You know, those uh, light-up bracelets and all that. I mean, she's like, this is like made for her. So. That's cool. I hope she does well. Or does well. It doesn't really matter if she does well. Just finish and have fun. Just finish and have fun. See, yeah. now Rudolph says you're supposed to drive around to different spots and take pictures of them running and meet up at the finish line and drink a beer. I think that's a great idea, I- Minix. If that's what you're supposed to do, that's, that's what you're supposed to that's, do. That's not what you're supposed to do. Now, are you sure? I'm positive. Have you read the marathon handbook? Uh, sure. It says just make sure you're at the finish line. That's it, huh? 
No, I, I mean, <laughs> if it were any other city, like with the San, like when I did the San Antonio one years ago, you know, you see people that will get to different parts of the route because it's convenient. I have no idea what this route is, but I'm not renting a car in Las Vegas. No, I wouldn't either. Right? Um, you take an Uber. Just rent an Uber and, and have the Uber drive you around. Did I tell you that the strip is closed? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. The the strip is going to be closed because people are running. Begs the question, how come you're not running? Why? why? We're not talking about me. I'm just wondering, why are you not running? That'd be a great husband-wife adventure running down the strip in Vegas together. You could hold hands. Why are you not running, Minix? So how about, no, it's just, I mean, honestly, yeah. remember last year at the San Antonio Marathon and uh -huh. I tore my calf? Yeah. Yeah, it still ain't right. Well, you can I, wrap I, it I, up, I, put I, some I, dirt no, on it. Dude, I can't run. I mean, because we we've done tons of races, 5Ks, uh -huh. mainly 5Ks, 10Ks. You know, but for this last year, I can't run. Never, you've never run in Vegas, so you should. I can't believe you're not trying. Uh, no, I can't try. I haven't been able to. I mean, my my leg is still. You know, I, I I can walk about two miles, and that's fine. After that, man, you know, pain and swelling, and you know. Yeah, I guess Ryan's not here. I would love a pole. Of course he would. Put it up there. <laughs> put it up there. I know where you can put your pole. Why is Minix not pole. running in the Las Vegas Marathon? Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, it's the Las, the Ve Las Vegas it's Marathon. It's the Rock and Roll Marathon that's like here, except for it's in, in Las Vegas. Vegas. Nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, I almost signed up just because the shirt's cool, but I have no desire to run it. Disappointed in you. You should be. I am. I'm, How far is it? 5K? 13.1 uh, miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't even think I could do the point one. <laughs> if, if if and there probably is some sort of five k, I'm not doing that. Yeah, either. I, I I just you know I like doing a lot of five k's and and you know, walking, running. That's sure you know, more walking than run. It's hard to tell the difference between my run and my walk, to be honest. But um, I just my leg foot still jacked from a year ago. Dude, I enjoy going to the gym, but I hate doing cardio. Yeah, I I just don't. Yeah, I enjoy lifting the weights and and doing that, but cardio. Mm, no, running on a treadmill or a elliptical or whatever the hell, it's like what a what a waste of time. Well, I, I mean, it's not, but I, I'm curious though, because I heard Rob Thompson this morning talking about his Peloton experience. <laughs> Did you not hear this? I this did morning? not hear that. Pled, you heard it. Is there a, is there a way? I, I know I'm throwing this on you last second. Is there a way for you to quickly pull the audio of Rob this morning airing his grievances of what he was dealing with? I guess he's got a trainer, and and on I a, not uh, well. It's it's on the screen. No, no. I think he's got a, a like like he's going to. Uh, we can't get it. No, he doesn't have a trainer. Well, that's why I need to hear the audio so he can tell the story <laughs> because I thought there was a trainer involved. But but I know he was looking at somebody today. Like I, he he doesn't have a Peloton at the house. Okay, he, so he, he has go, to go. Somewhere. He goes somewhere. Okay, and and to 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 ride the Peloton, and it's Rob. So weird things are going to happen, right? I, I mean, and hearing him tell this story this morning, I was just laughing my ass off. One because I know Rob is he's been doing a lot of walking and. 
you know, he's got the dogs and taking Uh them uh for walks. And I guess he is taking this to another level. But, you know, he's an old college basketball player. He's got bad knees, bad legs. So (laughs) so Peloton is, all right, let me try this. And and I've thought about Peloton. My wife is, you know, and and there's just the expense of it. And, you know, through the years, the number of treadmills and ellipticals and the things that we do that end up holding clothes. (laughs) That is the truest statement. (laughs) Like, I wanted to get something not long ago, and Joanna was like, no. And I'm like, she never tells me You're no. not going to use it. But that's exactly what she said. Yes. It's it, kind of like building a stadium before the team gets here. Exactly. You build it, you buy it, and then you don't use yeah, it. Yeah, you know, she's like, go for a walk. Will you start walking again? Then maybe we can start doing that. And now the weather's nicer, so she's on my ass to go walking a lot more. I just go, going back to uh, Rob, I just picture him with the headband and the nylon pants or whatever you call what those things. you think he's out of the uh, Let's Get Physical well, Olivia Neutron I, Bomb that's, video? That's what I'm thinking. I can I can see him with the with the headband on and, and the whole the whole get up. Short shorts or long shorts? Uh, long shorts for Rob. I hope anyway, because there's other people in that class. <laughs> Are we close, Pledge? <laughs> I mean, I, I realize you're finding a needle in a haystack. While Pledge looks for that needle in the haystack, I'll use this moment to remind you to get signed up for our <laughs> golf tournament coming up March 25th out at the Golf Club of Texas. Get signed up at sasportstar.com. It's brought to you by our friends at Flight by Yingling and many other great sponsors, and you know we're going to have a great time out at the Golf Club of Texas. You know we're going to sell out. We're about a month out. We're already half sold out. Get, I think even more than that by now. Get your foursome together. If you don't have friends or you're not sure, sign up as an individual. It's 120 if you're an individual. It's uh, if you sign up as a foursome, 400, so $100 a person. Get signed up at sasportstar.com so you can get out to the golf course and make fun of Rob and his Peloton situation. I've got bad knees and I'm trying to stay in shape. So a Peloton is something that I'm trying. The uh, Peloton bike. That's not a thing you try. That's a Well, I, I worked out on a Peloton okay, just okay. to kind of exert myself. Okay. Um, I went to a place I don't want to talk about because I wasn't allowed in there. I snuck in. And it wasn't a private place, but it was a private place. So I'm at a – and the place <laughs> had two Pelotons. They had nothing but really cool workout stuff. So there's two Pelotons with the full screens. They have uh, one of those, like, elliptical things, and they had a stair climber thing. And it's uh, it's kind of in uh, a building. It's, it's a gym attached to a building. It's like a perk of the building. So it's not an official gym, but they got some mirrors, some towels, water fountain. Nobody really monitoring the place. And they've got these really high, kind of high-end quality. And I heard about it, and I wanted to try the Peloton. I said, come over and try it. So they have the – it's kind of set up, and you can tell that there's nobody, like, organized. You could probably get in there and drag the bike wherever. You could take it over the window. You could take it wherever you want. But I got there. I'm the only one in the room. And I begin to – mess around this is my first real peloton workout so i've got the screen on and you can pick like light heavy whatever you know the mode you want to you want a guy you want a girl you want 15 yeah i go through all that and i finally find this rocking bicycle dude he is we're going and i my headphones aren't good so i'm using volume there's nobody in there so i'm i'm in the midst of being uh, being coached to ride the – I'm riding the mountains, man. And the, and the whole room that's empty can hear. I'm sweating. Well, there's nobody in there. No, I know, but it's 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 not headphones. Is my so point. it's okay. kind of like – and this harkens back. Like if you walk into a men's room and there's a series of urinals and you stop at whatever one, the next guy – and you don't stand next to the dude 
the only guy yeah. in the true. You've got one Very over common rule. True. It, it's just it's just understood. You just don't and it, it wouldn't matter if they did. You just don't do it. Well, there yesterday I'm I'm in the middle of my workout. I'm sweating and you know doing everything and high fiving the wall and doing this guy's making me do all kinds of one legged move over here and we're doing all and then another guy comes in and directly in my sight in front of me now I'm looking down you know you got the the iPad screen so you're kind of following that but directly in front of me like me to you RJ he gets on his elliptical and starts working out he has his head he has earbuds in he can't hear me but we're looking at each other <laughs> I mean, he literally started working out directly in front of me. Now, I'm on a bike, and he's standing up, so he's kind of looking over me. But he's we're like face-to-face -face in this little room for the next 15 minutes. And the bike guy kept wanting me to stand up on the bike, like, get your, get your butt off the seat. So I'm standing up, and we're like looking at each other. I'm like, cat, man, at the very least, I'm in my workout. I shouldn't have to stop it. And move you're just starting and he just stepped in there and kept going and never he could have been blind i'm not sure he ever actually saw me though he looked right through my soul as i was working out that there, there is a uh that's a fox pox right that's a faux pas that there needs to be like a how do you handle that <laughs> rob thompson and his workout oh my goodness first of all i applaud rob for working out good for him uh, I'm going to keep setting up for his excuse not to go back. But I seriously, that dude was in the wrong that came in. I mean, move it where you're not eye to eye, you know, make it out. So you go, <laughs> yeah, you think about being face to face with somebody, it better be your wife. Right. right? Um, I mean, come on. You want the dude to physically move an elliptical? Do you know how heavy those are? Well, I don't care. No. That dude shouldn't have picked that spot. Well, there's only two Pelotons, according to Rob. No, but he, he wasn't on a Peloton, is the oh, way I heard elliptical? that. No, he was doing something else. He's just working out. I don't know. <laughs> I picture him. Rob's riding his bike, and this guy's doing, like, butterflies. He was on a lip, uh, the elliptical. It sounds no. to me like he had a little crush on Rob. Yeah, well, maybe. Gazing through his soul, yes. according to Rob. Yes. Let's look at the Cowboys' priority <laughs> list coming up with our good friend John Machota from The Athletic. He joins us next here on The Blitz. 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Listen to 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star on your Amazon or Google smart speaker and just say, Alexa, play 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Menix. Talk some Cowboys with the great John Mashota, who joined us on the Buyers Barricades guest line. Uh, John, is the Cowboys get ready to send some people, but not their head coach or defensive coordinator, to Indianapolis for the combine? If you were to, by position, prioritize the Cowboys wish list, how would it go for you? I've, it's tough because there's so many moving parts here. So as the roster sits right now, I would have offensive line. I would say that'd be the number one position on offense. Defensively, it would have to be linebacker and then defensive tackle. So if we're going exact positions, I'd probably say number one, linebacker, number two, center, three, left tackle, four, defensive tackle. And so they can address those before the draft with possibly bringing back Tyler Biotish and Tyler's, uh, or Tyron Smith. But linebacker, that's the one where I kind of 
I feel like they could draft a linebacker, but I think they're going to address that before the draft even happens just because of the fact that I think they need a veteran-type player there uh, to fill in in that spot. But they're, you know, they're going to do the same plan that they have in previous years where they're going to try and fill as many gaps as possible in free agency so that they're not forced to draft any position. But you look at this draft class, it's not really that deep at linebacker. Running back could be another need. That's not really a deep position. The deep spot is really offensive line, particularly offensive tackle. I, I still think, even though offensive tackle might not be your number one need, if that's the best player available at 24, I think that's what they'll end up picking. You know, it's interesting, John, because the, the, you, you hit the nail on the head. The Cowboys have a lot of areas that they need to fill, and Jerry says they want to go all in. Um, you know, I, I know that Jerry likes to go through the draft and try to build a team that way. Um, do, do you think the Cowboys will be active in the free agent market this year? I honestly don't think they will unless it, unless that Dak Prescott extension gets done. Um, where his contract's at right now, I don't see a way. I mean, I guess they get C.D. Lamb's contract done. That would help. But just because we haven't seen the Cowboys be that major player in free agency, it, it, Jerry can say all in all he wants, but until they actually show it, it's hard to believe that it'll happen because it, it would be such a change from how they've been building over the last 10, 15 years. And so... I think he says all in because that's a great thing to say that fans want to hear this time of year. The problem is that that saying all in only lasts for four weeks a month because we're going to know whether or not they're all in in March in free agency. Because if they're all in, they'll make some moves that you'll be like, wow, Cowboys usually don't make moves like that. Man, that's interesting. Okay, here we go. But I think all them doing anything like that all starts with, us finding out that Dak Prescott gets a new deal. And so will that happen? Maybe. Um, it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be an easy contract extension just because it wasn't the last time that they, they got it done. Um, but I don't see them moving in another direction without Dak Prescott. So I think that's where it all starts with. But if, if you're asking me, do I think that they will be really active in free agency? I would probably lean towards no, just because I haven't seen them do it. John Machota from The Athletic joining us here on The Blitz. And I know a lot of people seem to, well, get the DAC deal done and then you could start. They're going to have an idea of what those parameters are. So if DAC isn't first, that, in my mind, isn't a signal that they're struggling or they're not getting close to a deal. It just might not get done. But they know the framework in the neighborhood that, that DAC's going to be in. And I think the numbers there, it's how it's structured where there could be a bit of a hang-up. Um so saying that, I, I mean, I expect Dak to get his deal and you go from there. But as we we're talking about so many different positions and you, you go offensive line, left tackle and center, I, I guess unless they extend Tyler Biotish, how much do you think that they're willing to pay Tyler Biotish or will it be Tyler on a bit of a discounted deal if he's going to stay here? I mean, we're... You know, he's one guy that we don't seem to talk a lot about, so I'm not sure how the Cowboys really feel about him when it comes to giving him a big deal. Yeah, I get the sense that it would have to be, it's kind of like the Tyron Smith thing. Like, Tyron Smith, it sounds like he wants to continue playing. sounds like the Cowboys want him back. We've seen that Tyron Smith is willing to take a little bit less to remain with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think Tyron Smith will keep playing unless it's with the Dallas Cowboys, so... There, you kind of see, I could see him doing like a one-year deal that's somewhat team-friendly with Biotish with where he's at in his career. I don't see him doing that. I think he'll go to the highest bidder. Um, and if there's a team out there that views him as a really good starting center, uh, I don't think the Cowboys will get in a bidding war to keep Tyler Biotish. And so then if that's the case, then yeah, you probably have to draft somebody there because they got some guys that could possibly fit 
in that spot, but nobody that you'd feel comfortable being your starter and for, for an entire season. And so that's, that's an issue. That's a, that's a big weakness that you could have and a very important offensive line spot for Dak Prescott going into this huge year for everybody involved. So it's, it's a, the Beatish thing is a big question mark um, because I don't get the sense that they're going to just pay whatever it takes to keep him on the roster. And so if there's another team out there that thinks very highly of him, it could be one of those situations where, like we saw with, like, Connor Williams. And, uh, you know, that ends up being a guy that gets away from you because he's a good player, but he's not a great player. You know, John, uh, uh, Cowboy fans always want to be optimistic. We do. But I, when I look at this team, and you, you can tell me if I'm being r- ridiculous, but I look at this team, and I saw a window that was wide open last year. But when I look at who they have to pay with the Dak Prescott deal, with C.D. Lamb, possibly Micah Parsons, and all the free agents they have, I just don't have a lot of hope for this football team heading into the season as it stands right now. What do you think? Oh, you have every right to feel that way. There's a very good possibility that their roster isn't more talented next season than it was this season. That's why that loss to the Packers, it's beyond just another playoff loss. It's it's so significant because of how everything was set up for them. They're relatively healthy, how deep the roster was. You still have guys like Micah Parsons, Speedy Lamb on rookie contracts. Uh, you got to you got to play at home, and now you go into free agency, and you got to pay a lot of these guys. And so the fact is that you might not have a roster that's as good as that one was last year. So that doesn't mean that you can't have more success in January. Um, you just have to be playing better in January. But, yeah, no, it's it's completely possible that this roster isn't any better than it was last year, and, and it's very possible that it's worse than it was last year. So uh, you don't think they were doing uh, backflips when they got the uh, new salary cap numbers today? I mean, I'm sure they were pleased with it, but, I, I mean, it's like the players know what those salary cap numbers are too. So, I mean, <laughs> Dak's agent, CD's agent, Micah's agent, I mean, they're all going to be asking for more because all those positions, they're – the price of, of what their value is is going up as well, and so it might help in the in the time being. But in the long haul, I, I don't know that they were they would probably be doing backflips. You know, John, it's interesting you say that because I saw somebody uh, tweet out, and I don't know how ac- accurate this is, but for our discussion, it makes sense that Dak could actually, with the new salary cap numbers, command sixty two million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, he could, he could, and uh, and I feel very confident there's a team out there that would pay him that and, and, and it very well could be the Dallas Cowboys I'm sure they're hoping he takes a little bit less than that uh, to maybe help in some other areas John, I want to interrupt you man are you getting attacked by geese as we speak what what is going on no I'm at my apartment and there's a dog park across the street so <laughs> I'm out of, I'm out of my balcony and they don't care about my sports talk radio segments uh, all right well it, they didn't sound like, I thought maybe you were walking around a pond or something and there's geese coming at you, man. <laughs> like, be safe, don't no. get attacked by some bird. <laughs> no, 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 it's some, some dogs barking at each other. Sorry about that. Uh, that's that's all right. It's Friday, let them bark. All right, yeah, you know, people are going to continue to bark at Dak making $60 million and, you know, it's the going rate. It is what it is, right? It is, and, and it's also the fact of, like, you know, you you would love for – to have Patrick Mahomes, obviously, how well I mean he plays, and he's going to be one—he's one of the highest-paid players in the, in the league. But there's just not many Patrick Mahomes, and there's a lot of guys that are somewhere between that and let's say the tenth best quarterback. And Dak's somewhere in that place. And so if you're in that place, 
and you're up for a new contract, then that's what's going to happen. You're going to get paid accordingly. And like I said, if the Cowboys don't do it, somebody else will. Um, so I, I know there's a lot of fans that are torn on that because, hey, he hasn't had that success uh, in the playoffs, and that's ultimately the one thing that's missing for him. But I just find it hard to believe that you finish second for MVP and then all of a sudden uh, you want $60 million and your team's not going to give it to you and that nobody else is. It just, there's just not enough good quarterbacks out there to get money from somebody. Well, John, what about I, I saw where Geno Smith and Derek Carr had, uh, I guess, the restructured contracts. Is that a possibility for Dak, or or is that really not helping the situation? Uh, well, just because he only has the year left, I, I mean, they could technically do that, but I mean, I don't think that that helps them enough for everything that they want to do, and so that's why I don't think that something like that happens. I think it's more along the lines of. Like the last deal, it'd be some four-year deal that gets done, and they can push a lot of the money into the future and open up cap space for this immediate year. I think that's the most likely scenario. That's what I I would think that Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones and Todd France are going to probably try and work on uh, if if they meet at the combine. A lot most most of the owners meet with most of the agents in in Indianapolis, and and I wouldn't see why those two sides wouldn't want to meet and discuss where things are at while while we're in Indianapolis. So maybe that's where uh, the ball gets rolling a little bit. But, yeah, I would, I would imagine it's probably a four-year deal extension. That's what Dak seems to always want. Jerry yeah. would like it longer. Dak says <laughs> no. Um, and speaking of Indianapolis, I, I know you're, you're heading out there. Seems like everybody's going but Mike McCarthy and Mike Zimmer. And I know some coaches, especially head coaches, have opted to not go and do things on Zoom like what McCarthy and Zimmer are going to do. From your experiences out there, is that a smart move, smart decision by McCarthy? Um, it's it's tough because the way that they've changed the schedule, where they've made it like a for a TV event by having all the workouts at night and stuff, there's just like a lot of time there that he probably can get more done at the star. And so the only part, I don't think it's that big of a deal. The only issue is that you're not actually in the room with the players that you're interviewing. And he'll be on the calls with them, and he'll be talking to the players virtually. But that's the one thing that he might be missing a little bit out on. But I don't think it's nearly as big of a deal as, as maybe some make it out. To, I mean, I think – I don't know how you guys feel about it. I think Sean McVay is as good as there is in the NFL, and he hasn't gone in the last few years, and he seems to be doing just fine. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's a huge deal. And I don't think it's one of those – I've seen some people on Twitter talk about, like, oh, he's a lame duck coach, and so that's why he's not going – I mean, he was only out there for, you know, a few hours last year and was really just to do media stuff. And so uh, I don't think that's it. I just think with the new defensive coordinator, I think that he can get more done during the day while he's at the star right now than he, than he would get done there. And let's be honest, one of the biggest things that Mike McCarthy does is he's kind of like Will McClay in this sense where he allows you to do your job. He trusts his scouts. He's not one of these coaches that comes in there and goes, no, 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 let me see the players. I'll tell you who we're going to draft. He's not like that. He he knows the scouts are working this all year round. He wants them to do their job. And the players that rise to the top, he'll get a chance to talk to those guys. He'll go to some pro days. He'll obviously have their 30 visits out at the star and things like that. But he does have a lot of trust in, in Will McClay and their scouting staff. John, I just want to know what kind of answer you think you're going to get from Jerry Jones when you ask about Dak Prescott. It's funny because I've been, I've been thinking about that one and uh, getting more uh, info on the whole all-in thing. <laughs> but when it comes to Dak, I just think it'll be the same thing that he has said about Dak, about how that he loves Dak and, and, and he can't see going forward without Dak. And it'll be all very positive. 
but ultimately that doesn't mean that, oh, okay, we leave the bus and, and Jerry said all that, all this contract is on the cusp. I mean, I wouldn't say that. It doesn't mean anything like what he says, like, like right there. It's actually when you get in the room and you actually, you know, hammer this thing out. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes because, you know, Dak has all the leverage in, the, in this thing, but he also knows that he has to have good pieces around him as well. So I'm, I'm interested to see, does, do they, does it take a long time to get it done? Or is it one of those things where maybe, you know, Dak meets with them and, and is like, Hey, let's just get this thing done. I'll take a little bit less. I don't care. Let's just get this finalized and let's get, let's get going. I'm, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl, put some pieces around. Let's do this. You know, it might, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's tough to say, but what, whatever Jerry says, I don't think that it necessarily would mean that it's about to get done or not. So next Friday, when we talk, you'll be live in Indianapolis. Yes, sir. I will be, I will be there. I'm looking forward to it. Looks like there's going to be some decent weather. Um, I always like going to India. I hope the combine stays there forever. I've heard these rumblings year after year of potentially moving to LA. No, keep that thing in India. That's a good spot for it. There you go. Awesome. Says John Mashota from The Athletic. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic and follow John on Twitter, at John Mashota, for all the great Cowboys coverage. John, always appreciate it, man. Have a great week next week in Indy. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. The great John Mashota on the Buyer's Barricades guest line, where they provide traffic control rental and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com. Coming up, Spurs-Lakers tonight. We'll get you ready with Game Night San Antonio. It's a 9.30 start. LeBron probable. He's likely to play. This is the AA Best Bell Bonds. Game Night San Antonio on 94.1. San Antonio Sports Star. Every game night, the Blitz with Jason and Joe gets you inside and ready for tonight's game. Players, coaches, insiders. This is the AA Best Bail Bonds Game Night San Antonio. Wemby for three. And Wembenyama put him in the friend zone. The pregame show starts now. Spurs Lakers tonight, 9.30 start time. It is game night, San Antonio. Here on the Blitz, he is Joe Ryan Engel. I'm Jason Minix. Second night of a back-to-back as the Spurs continue the rodeo road trip, but last night a near win. <laughs> Moral victories, that's what we're looking for. They nearly won that thing. Moral victories we are looking. You know, I, I mean, yeah, last night uh, was, a, it was a moral victory, Joe. It, I suppose, yeah, they only lost by seven. Yeah, they had a chance to win that oh, game. Oh, was it five? What was it? One twenty six. Five points. Yeah, math Sorry, is hard. I, well, I don't mean to shortchange the Spurs. I mean, one twenty seven, one twenty two. The final score at one point they were up like what one twenty one to one nineteen. <laughs> so they're winners. No, the clock kept going and they oh, lost. Oh man, if only they could have stopped the clock. I mean, uh, look, as much as we, uh, as frustrated as I am. Even though they lost that game last night, that was a good basketball game for the Spurs. The Spurs played well last night. Devin Vassell played well last night. He did. Devin Vassell, he ended up with seven assists. Uh, He was the leading scorer with 32 points. But a lot of things that we've been saying we need to see from this team, we saw last night, even though they didn't get a win against a very good Sacramento team. There was a play last night, Joe, late in the game, last couple minutes. Devin Vassell had an open shot but made a great pass to Vic. And Sean Elliott said on the broadcast, 
That's not a play we would have seen a couple of months ago. Well, let me play devil's advocate. All right. As well as Devin Vassell was playing, maybe he should have taken that shot. It's hard to argue that, isn't it? I mean, see, so he's got to learn that when he's hot, he needs to take the shot. If not, I mean, I know we've been caught, and I've been, I've been right there with you to, on it. To but. a degree, but he went from, from, from good to great. He went from good to great on that shot. His shot would have been good. He's put up big for a great shot. And Victor it, it, missed it. It, it, was the, it was the right basketball. On that one, I think he actually made it and got the end one. Um, there was plenty others that Vic missed yesterday. And again, Vic took 21 shots. That led the team. He only made eight of them, finished with 19 points. So I don't mind that Bissell was the leading scorer. He was hot. He was 13 of 18. Uh-huh. But what I say about a week ago, Vic should have more shots than everybody on this team. Last night he did. And, and a lot of those shots are, are shots that you expect ultimately Victor to make. His, his line could have been, probably should have been, you know, 13, 14 of the 21. You know, they, they, sure. just, they just weren't going in. I, I, I wish he wouldn't take as many threes. At seven, four, uh, five, eight, uh, stay under the basket and make the easy bunnies. <laughs> now we can criticize, right? Well, now that he's getting the shot. But hey, three point buckets. Well, it, I, I'm with you. Work the ball around. Get it inside to to Wimbenyama, and he's he, he's going to score more often than not. It's those jump shots, and I know that that's the NBA these days. The big fellows want to come out and. And uh, and pull everybody away from the basket, and, and it, it works for some, and some it doesn't. I think it will work for Victor Wimbanyama, obviously, because the guy's as talented as there is. Last night it didn't. Um, but, again, you see those things, and I, I wonder, um, you know, defense down the stretch was not good. They couldn't make shots when they needed to make shots. That was an issue down the stretch. Uh, I'm happy for Devin Vassell, and I hope that we see more of what we saw last night. Um, I don't think he's going to shoot as well. I mean, you can't expect that 13 of 18 every night, but I'm glad he's, he played well last night, and I'm glad he dished the basketball. That, all of those things are positive. You know, it, it's interesting because it, they lose the game, but they outscore Sacramento 35-34 in that fourth quarter. And Sacramento had, I think it was a 7-0 run late, mm-hmm. and, and that was ultimately the, the difference in the game. You know, and even then, you score 122 points, and Pop afterwards is still talking about the lack of shooters on this team. You know, it's a very unselfish group. We always have a lot of assists. We just don't consistently shoot very well, and it makes it tough when you're in defensive transition all the time. That's just a you know a matter of forming your team as the years go by and working at it. But in this league, you got to have shooters all the way around. You do, and and I'm hoping that that means Pop's going to be looking for them in the off season. Right, I mean, you're looking for shooters. You're looking for uh, for veteran shooters, because that's what I, I I want the Spurs to do. And again, you watch the season. You want to see Wimby improve. Devin Vassell. I'm glad he had a great game last night. Keldon Johnson, Sohan, because quite frankly, those four, I don't see much of anything else. Maybe maybe Trey Jones. That's possible. Um, but it's hard to invest in this team for me. Because I think it is going to look considerably different next year. You know, before the game yesterday, Pop was talking about Wemby, and you know he was asked about uh, about Wemby. And last night's game kind of felt like what Pop was describing pregame 
that we're all getting so used to Wemby already as a rookie that you just look up and go, oh, yeah, that's what he did tonight. It's kind of like the David Robinson thing. You know, we'd finish a game and you start taking David for granted so much. You'd say, damn, David, did he rebound tonight? Or what did he score tonight? You know, I'm thinking he got 12, 15 points. And you look at the stats and it's 24 points and 11 rebounds and three blocks. And you didn't realize it while the game was going on because you expect it from him. So it's kind of like that with, with Victor. It is. And and I think as, as he moves on, you're going to expect that all the time. I, I said it. Uh, the other day when he had 10 blocks. Unless the NBA adjusts to him, which I figure there will be some of that, 10 blocks on a night could be commonplace for Wimbanyama. You know, it's funny because he averages about three right now, and he's leading the league. He had five last night. Had 19 points, 13 rebounds, had five steals. More importantly, over one, only one turnover. But it, it, I don't know. It didn't feel like one of those 19, 13, 5, and 5 kind of games. <laughs> I, I mean, because he was just struggling with this shot so much, but he was taking them. And so while I was hoping they would go in, I liked what I saw out of that basketball team. I think about that that goals list that was uh, floated around the Internet that was taken yep. at the Spurs yep. practice the other day. It was like everything that they had talked about, we had talked about, like, hey, Devin, this is what we need to – but as a team, they played well. They, they lost the game. We're not into moral victories, although Pop certainly sounded like after the game, uh, well, we're going to take everybody to ice cream after this one. Yeah, I couldn't be more proud of them. We made mistakes. They made mistakes. But, you know, they're an experienced team now. Their young kids have grown up. You know, Sabonis and Fox were all-star caliber players. They added some free agents. They're a good basketball team now and can play anybody. And for us to do what we did, I couldn't be more proud of them. Couldn't be more proud. Well, that's nice. I, uh, that's nice, isn't it? I knew your head Sweet. would explode. We got, I, well, we got, I'm just we saying. we got that. 10 minutes to go on this show. <laughs> Let's make Ryan Eagle's head explode and talk moral victories. I'm proud of them. That's great. Uh, well, look, you know, maybe they'll only lose by four tonight, and we can celebrate that. Well, they're 10 points. we are. And then they'll go to Salt Lake City. Maybe they'll only lose by three there, and we'll see that improvement as we go. All right, but let me ask you this, though. In all, in all honesty, uh-huh. do you really want them to win at this point? And, and, I, and I say that. They're trying. I, I mean, at this point, the, the best thing they can do for this organization is finish in the bottom three. I don't, see, I don't hear any talk. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't paid a lot of attention to the college stars. That will happen as we go forward. But who, who's there? Is there somebody like Wimby out there? Well, no. no. Wimby's a, a freak. But there's, I, okay. there's always great players coming out, and apparently there's another guy in France that's supposed to be really good. Uh, apparently he, so. He'll be a top three pick. We're playing in Paris next year, so maybe we get we get a, a, a another Frenchie. I, I, I don't know, but is, is, last year I embraced the tank. This year it pisses me the off. But yeah. at this point of the season... Not that I want to tank, but at this point, you've sucked bad enough. You might as well get rewarded for it and have is the most number of lottery balls available to you. That's great. I, hope I know so. it's then, great. That's then, what, then, then, you got, a, then you got to worry about, well, is this guy going to be any good or is he not? I mean, well, so, it's a crapshoot. I, I mean, I'd rather. the Houston Rockets. I'd rather I mean, pick two or three than 12. I'm just, why? Well, because. Uh, I mean, sometimes it works out better that way. Kawhi Leonard. It was Number 15. Number two was 15. Yeah. 
I mean, Tony Parker was 29. Absolutely. So, Manu was a second rounder. We can go through history. We all know it. But your chances of getting somebody good in the top three or five is probably a lot better than 12 to 15. Where are you going? Vegas? Roll the dice. I, you, de- you don't know, and that's the thing. Look. Do you hit on 16? I, I would, if they get the number one pick, I'd trade it somewhere for some veterans. Well, see, maybe that's it. That would be I mean, awesome. That lottery pick could be such commodity, right? And at this point of the year, why would you try to win games? So you think Pop's going to tank? Oh, I mean, tank the rest of the way. I, I mean, look, we've seen this basketball team well enough now. They're last, good at tanking. Last year, no, last year they were trying to lose games, and, and they did. Pop had this to year pull they're them back. trying to win games, and, and and they're not. Like last night, they were trying to win that game. You could tell by the lineup in the fourth quarter, right? What I'm saying, I'm not talking about tanking, but I am realistic in the sense that right now wins actually hurt this team. <laughs> I, I, it's stupid, right? Jason, that's horrible. It's stupid. That's, I, that's a very negative attitude. Well. Very negative. I, I, uh, is it not real, though? It's a very negative it, it, attitude. It's realistic. So Jeff McClanahan on our YouTube says, just cover the spread. Jeff, I want to know something. Are you actually betting on the Spurs tonight? I really want to know that. Now the Spurs may LeBron's going to play, but it doesn't look like uh, Anthony Davis is going to play. Cover the spread. They're ten I mean, point dog to the 10 Lakers. Point dog. Yeah, yeah. They weren't even that big of a dog last night to Sacramento. Well, second night of a back to back. These young kids are going to be tired. Well, the Lakers didn't they play last night too? Yeah. Second night of a back to back. Yeah. LeBron didn't play last night. No. And they took it easy last night. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they've been taking it easy a lot. Uh, so what are you saying? I'm just saying. What are you saying? I mean, I, I admire if somebody, if they're going to lay some money down on the Spurs. I admire you, and I get it. It's your hometown team. You want to root for them. You don't want to root against them. But to have the stones to put some real hard cash on them is another uh, thing altogether. Mm-hmm. Buy into us. <laughs> Wimbanyama! <laughs> Wimbenyama! <laughs> not one in the same. No, not at all. I, I can't even uh, pretend. Let me hear Kevin again. Wimbenyama! Let me hear Joe again. Did you Victor re- Wamba Mama? <laughs> <laughs> Extra inning uh, with Pledge coming up next here on The Blitz.